Pete, today's one of the rare times we get to talk about a movie older than us. It it seems to be. Oh man, didn't we just do one Godzilla? That is Godzilla. Jaws. Feeling positively young right now. Let's keep this thing going. I'm out of movies that are older than us. (laughs) Quiet, you fool. I was feeling good. Halloween's older than us. What year was it? 73? 78. Hmm, Ooh, older. Speaking of 73, The Exorcist is turning 50 this year on December 26th. All right. So we're going to watch The Exorcist. And you've seen The Exorcist, I believe. I did. I watched it, you know, when I was a kid. I watched it, what, the 20th anniversary it came out, maybe? No. 15th? It was a long time ago. It was making the rounds again. Or was it the director's cut that they re-released? That came out in early 2000s. Right. So I saw it then. Yeah. And then I saw it just recently for this watch-along, because I don't have much to say if I can't remember the movie. Then we have ourselves a Kevin in the Woods scenario. So you saw the movie. Do you have a lot to say? No. Yeah. So that's that's why I texted you back. I was like, I think it's going to go the same either way. Yeah, that's fair. I was questioning whether or not it mattered if I watched it. We're going to watch the original theatrical cut. There was some discussion. I kind of prefer the extended cut, but it's not the 50th anniversary. The extended cut was what won out in the end. Also, it was more of a monologue than a discussion. You just told me all of these things, and I listened passively. We'll discuss some of the differences in the cuts during this watch along you can watch the extended cut with this on it's not like it's gonna it won't line up right but it's not like it uh not like these things are really really on topic no i got lots of other stuff to say i had a dream the other night that was it i was just leading in there if you want to watch with us you're going to want to start your copy of the exorcist and pause it right when the words a william friedkin film come up because that is where we're going to start start our our journey all right exorcist you fan of this movie I like it. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty, it's pretty good. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, older than us. See? No, yeah, we actually a lot. We're not, are we young? Yeah. Let's, Why did you tell me we might not be able to record this today? Do you want to tell everybody? Well, my back hurt. So. Well, how, well, you must have really done something bad to it. I'll be damned if I can remember what happened. It yeah. just hurt. Just woke up hurting. I didn't even wake up. It was the middle of the day. <laughs> just started hurting. I was hurting. sitting on the couch, and all of a sudden, I said, oh, no, something has gone wrong in my body. <laughs> We're going to count down from three... And then play. So all together now, three, two, turtles, play. And we are watching The Exorcist. Who is William Friedkin? William Friedkin. Is it just this? Is a, No, he directed, he won an Oscar just before this for The French Connection. Gene Hackman's French Connection? Some would argue it's William Friedkin's French Connection, but yeah. <laughs> this was his follow-up, which also got nominated for Best Picture. The first horror movie ever nominated for Best Picture. And one of the few that they cannot pretend is not a horror movie. That's right. That happens a lot. Yep. Sounds of the Lambs, not a horror movie because it, because it got one best picture. Can't, can't call it that. Get out. Can't call it that. You know, they, they try. Jordan Peele yells at them and says, it's a fucking horror movie. That's all he makes. But this one, there's no getting around it. It's a horror movie. And a 1973 horror movie, which is pre-slasher and it's not doing any of the slasher things, obviously, but this is even pre, you know, Jaws is pre everything, really. When Four. was Chainsaw Massacre? 73. 74. Okay. 74. Okay, so, so that's pre that. Wow. Yep. This is pretty out there then for a, a, a major movie. Hollywood picture, too. Now, well, it's based on a novel by William Peter Blatty, a very successful novel. Pete, would it surprise you to learn I have not read this novel? Would it surprise you to learn that I didn't read that novel? Would it surprise you to learn that I own this novel? 
Actually, no, it is kind of sad. It lines right up. You like to collect the things so you can look at them and go, horror. <laughs> I like to have a collection of very fine books. <laughs> Pristine. Never been opened. No dog ears for you. No, I open it. I turn to the last page, see what number's on it, and then I'm like, no way. <laughs> I think it says like a 300-page 300 300 book or something. Maybe think, longer. I think the last time we talked about books, you, you said that you didn't even count. You said, oh, it's too big. Yep. Two to two books came the same day. And I was like, oh, no, I didn't want this. So this was actually shot in Iraq, which movies, major Hollywood films are not shooting in Iraq at this time or this time. <laughs> but this one was shot there. And this, you want to play the Mrs. Kittner game? This is the ultimate Mrs. Kittner game. The how, how old is, is Max von how Cito old is in this movie? Actor? That, uh, let me get a good look at him. Let me see that mug, Max. Oh, he's too far away. The way he walks, I'm going to say... 87 that's my guess he was 42 years old when they shot this movie shut up this is some of the best age makeup of all time this is makeup it is and he looked thank god when he turned the age of this character he looked kind of exactly like this age old age makeup which is an incredible feat when you when you think about it okay i was just thinking that you know where those machines, you take a picture of the two people. The Terminator? It shows, it shows, yeah, those machines. But if they took pictures of you and your other person and they show you what your baby would look like. Yes. Kitty and I had one of those done and the kid looked vaguely Asian. <laughs> and then I lost the picture somewhere and God damn it, I really want it back. So he's in Iraq digging for artifacts. He is the titular exorcist or perhaps not. Maybe maybe Damien Karras is the titular exorcist. I suppose it could be either of them. I thought I wasn't going to like this movie, but apparently exorcist and exercise are two very different things. <laughs> That's good, Pete. He wrote that down. <laughs> I was working on it all week. This uh, Max von Sydow famously was in The Seventh Seal, where he played chess with death, one of the most famous scenes in film history. I know the scene, but I don't know the... I've never seen the movie. Do you know the scene because of Bill and Ted, uh, Bogus Journey? I, well, of course. Yes, me too. I, I'm a classicist. That is uh, where he rose to prominence, which would have been many years before this, but not enough for him to be this old. No. But it's really good makeup. No, I can't remember. Is it the music here? There's music in here that made me think of Halloween. It's very... The titular bell... The tubular bells play when... The first time, I believe, is when... Uh, the mother is walking down the street uh, when you first cut to Georgetown. Okay. And they're very famous. And John Carpenter did admit that his Halloween theme is very much commenting on and based on the tubular bells okay. because it's one of the classic, not written for this movie though. It actually existed. It was written this around the same time. It's something someone found. It was like, this is perfect. And it was perfect. That's cool. But it was not actually written as a score for this movie. Which is fascinating because it fits so perfectly hand in hand with it that it's like the famous thing about right. the Exorcist is the tubular bells. I I did I did not in Texas Chainsaw Massacre pick up the what is it the camera clicks, mm-hmm. but I got the bells. Yes, it's a perfect perfect match for what's going on. It's creepy, distinct. It's vaguely uh, Catholic. Yeah, this when I was watching this before. The most recent before. There was something about the opening here that... Ah, God damn it. I'll think of my point. Well, his character is Father Marin, who has been battling demons his whole life. He is the would be a world-famous exorcist if they were popular. Right. But he's encountered this 
this demon before. He knows that he's going to get his portents that it's coming back, and they'll find him, and he has to go, and it's going to ultimately lead to his demise. That's what all of this was? I thought it was just setting him up as a guy who knows about demons and stuff. Well, it is doing that, but you see at the end of his time here in Iraq, he sees the uh, Pazuzu statue. And then later, when they're trying to unpossess Reagan, exercise Reagan, you see the Pazuzu statue again. Okay. So that's yeah, the, yeah, that's the particular that. demon he's been fighting, too. That's the one that they, I think that in the prequels they bring up. Oh, I was going to say, do they establish that in this movie that I don't he think has faced this demon before? Other than seeing it, you know, recognizing it here in Iraq at the beginning. I think it is, though, because the demon knows his name before he's even there. Oh, yeah, that's true. So I think it is his the one he's kind of locked into eternal battle with that he'll lose. Okay. Yeah. I didn't really catch that. That he will lose in the end. Yeah. But look, this is really good old, old man makeup because it's very understated for a change. He walks like it too, though. He's well, got that he's 42 feet. Old. You just explained what happened to you at 44 with your back. He's must've had that experience look. getting out of a car. <laughs> look. Mm. But this is, this is a cool priest. Actually, father Karras is a pretty cool priest. Movie, yeah, no. This movie's done a lot of things for priests. Well, it's weird because I remember, in any way, my chain of thought from the beginning was it the opening in Iraq, it looked like, um, what the hell was the one with Damien? Not Damien the priest, but Damien the omen. The omen. Yep. It was the omen. You got there. Right. I'm like, oh, it, it's Iraq again. And then realized it was a biblical thing because that's mm-hmm. the Holy Land. And then I, it got me thinking it doesn't hit the same like the Catholic Church now. Like this movie doesn't, uh, it feels like an older, an older time where back then being like such a, what profane movie in a way that it it hit a lot harder. I've read enough on what the Catholic church thinks of this movie to never get an answer. (laughs) Like there's no proper answer. I think the Catholic priests or Jesuit priests at least worked behind the scenes. And some of them appear in this movie as, as you know, advisors, advisors, And I don't think, I think it's an inherently, which is weird for what it is, it's an inherently pro-Catholic church movie. Yeah, it is. What did I know? But it's not hammering you with it in a way that's annoying at all. It's it's a tightrope to walk that they really walk. Okay, yeah. No, I meant more to the point where I don't think people watching this fresh, uh, the Catholic church is as important anymore. I just don't think it's a big thing in society like it was back in 73. Sure, as we know from not being alive yet. Right, but when I remember being a kid myself, and it seemed like religious stuff was more prominent and more. Now it seems not in the news as much or on media as much. Sure, I haven't heard about the church since that Hozier song. <laughs> I don't, I don't know the reference, but you're laughing at me like it's a good one. <laughs> it's funnier that you don't know, so I'm not going to sing it. God damn it! This is uh, one of uh, we just missed. I think the moment I like where the armed guys come out. And he just sees them, and he's just he's like, hey. And they're like, oh, it's you. Come on in. Everybody likes a priest. It, it, it is the 1970s. Right? Yep. Now, the, the Exodus Believer, this that turd that just got put out by David Gordon Green, recreates some of this imagery in the most unappealing and uninteresting ways possible. Like we're going to see these two dogs fighting or playing or fucking. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> I think they're fighting. And he does that too and it's like remember that from the exorcist it's one of the worst kinds of you know how we watched prey 
and it had that one line that called back the if it bleeds we can kill it but it was awesome yeah this is the opposite of that this is like oh remember when those two dogs fought <laughs> and it's like i hate i hate <laughs> that kind of call you have no creativity somebody nailed it best with the exorcist believer said i can't believe you're making a 50-year legacy sequel and your big idea was what if there's two girls possessed <laughs> and it's not untrue there's the pazuzu stage right even i noticed him that that time it's a pretty cool shot and it's it's a really weird sequence because you're not going to see Father Merritt again until the end of this movie. Right. And he's in it for a lot less than I remembered. Yes. He does not last long. Right. There's a lot of buildup before we get to the... You know, we've been to Georgetown, but we did not go to the steps. But I did look when we were there. We were only a few blocks from the steps. And we thought, eh, too far. What? <laughs> So we drove eight hours down oh, to see. Oh, supposed to go see the pre- Firefly movie, the screen or the pre-screening. Yes, of Serenity, and we were we were like at a bookstore, and I looked, and it was only about four blocks away. And I think I brought it up, and then we looked at each other, and we're like eh, it's too far. And then we drove nine hours off because we got lost. Four blocks does seem a long, long walk. I'll drive eight hours. You want me to walk four blocks? Get out of here! You're out of your mind. I mean, we had the car. I suppose we could have driven to it. It was in the wrong direction. Well, I don't would, want to get lost. How would, would I know? We, Ellen Burstyn was in Requiem for a Dream. She was. She was excellent in that. She was also in The Exorcist Believer, unfortunately. Oh, that's right. She came back for that one. She did, and she clearly did it for the money, but I don't mean that in a bad way. They, She got like a whole thing funded for an actor's studio to oh. come back and do it and she's like fine if you're gonna pay all that for a thing i want then for me to come back as a legacy person that's i'll do cool. it good yeah. for ellen burston they didn't do anything good by her character though well she got paid to yeah, give that money away she get it because she's very uh somebody got paid by her efforts she's very very good in this movie and i think the relationship between her and reagan is especially you know before she gets possessed is right. one of the best i've ever seen in you know horror movie easily but like in any movie i really enjoy their characters together they have like a playful relationship and you get you get the mother daughter like the family thing they establish really it well. so quick too where like the innocent girl who's like a very fun loving good decent person and a mother who's working really hard and she's so mad at the father who won't call on her birthday and like she's trying she's trying her best and I mean, she's also rich and famous that helps yeah but she's such a like such a likable relationship and then like the worst thing in the world happens to her and she goes through it man when she has to deal with these doctors yeah. Like, it is a horror movie, but it is a, a, a really, performance-wise, one of the best roles. This is like the second movie I've watched recently for this podcast that's about child abuse. Because Cobweb was a child abuse movie, and this is a child abuse movie. But, ugh. By people and the demon. I don't know, man. The child's kind of doing the abusing. <laughs> yeah, but it's a demon, yo. She Weren't takes as good attention? as she gets. It is, it is, and it, this, I can't imagine how shocking this movie would have been in 1973 to sit in the theater and watch, because, you know, horror before this, we know what it was. Psycho was 13 years before this. There's, you know, we weren't in the Universal Monsters era anymore. There was shocking things going on. The shower scene in Psycho itself is a shocking moment. But this movie goes harder than I think people expect now. So to go back to 73, whew. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree, hundred percent. It's, uh, I don't think it's such a, I don't, I'm wording this terribly, but the the idea of the Catholic Church, I don't think it's as powerful anymore. I know, but I don't ever think of this as a church movie, which is weird because it's such a prominent oh, thing. See, I, I think about it almost specifically or solely because out of out of the relationship between the mother and the daughter, and those scenes where the demon is possessing her are the memorable thing. Not even how they solve it. 
<laughs> you know, because in the end, this becomes a movie about a man finding his faith, which is what almost all of these movies become. All of the Exorcist movies? Yes, every movie that has nothing new to say about the genre because this one perfected it. Oh, yeah, yeah. There is, I was thinking about the list yesterday, It's and just watching this, there is, everything is so well done that's been just recreated over and over and over again. That was me explaining your point yes. back to you, but yep. longer. Look at, look at that 70s guy on the right over. You see that? I saw that was him. That guy right there, he's a 70s guy. They are all 70s people. He had to die in 79. He can't exist in the 80s. That's true. You don't remember the extinction-level event that happened in 79? You had to get oh, your hair cut. Yep. Yep. There's Father Damien Karras, the most important character in the movie in some ways. You went to Catholic school a lot longer than I did. I went to church. I went to a regular school. I went to uh, CCD or whatever that was called. I don't know. You had, to go to, I you had to go to a class once a week that taught you about how God was great and everything else was evil. All right. But did the priests have to wear that little collar thing everywhere? You didn't see priests. That's not what it was. <laughs> well, what's that little collar thing then? I think it's just a collar. See, this is where Tubular no. Bells is going to play. when you No, those collars that the priests wear, it's a thing. Cause he, he, but he wears it like everywhere. In this is where Tubular Bells I don't know. I don't know anything about the Catholic Church. All right. Well, like I said, you went longer than me. Everything I know about it is from this movie. Oh. This is where Tubular Bells plays. We can't hear it because we have the sound off, but I'm going to instrumental music. That is Tubular Bells. I'm imagining it right now. We were we were four blocks from this area. <laughs> just didn't make it all the way there. Saying it over doesn't make it any shorter. It makes it longer, if anything. That's right, it does. This is a movie's doing a great job establishing that she's a, n- a nice, decent, caring person. And that uh, it's it's tough because she's an actress, so you'd think like, well, what if she's going to be stay away from people? But it's the seventies. Celebrity isn't the same, I guess. There's no internets. Oh yeah, you're right. I never thought about that aspect of it. Every this is why some of these movies hold up so great because you get they become more than just how great they are. They become windows into what society was like in those eras, and that's time always helps the great movies. Yeah, you're right. And now I say that, but then I'm thinking about the racism of King Kong, and I'm like, okay, it doesn't always help them. <laughs> no, it, uh, it helps them occasionally. But it's not not in the same way where you can tell by whatever CGI or technology, like or yeah. just how it's filmed. You're like, oh, that is definitely a movie of that time. Yes, but the that's one of those things. Pre-computer-generated imagery, these scenes with Reagan possessed are going to work every time you see them for the Practical rest of time. Practical effects, yeah. It's going to work forever. And they do another great job here. With Linda Blair, uh, who I think is only like 12 years old in this movie, when she shot this movie, uh, they do a great job establishing her personality as just fun and happy and yeah. well-adjusted because it's going to go. Oh, you say well-adjusted. She's about to ask, why can't we get a horse? So I guess she's not that well-adjusted. But she's, you know, there's no reason to, she doesn't look anything like she's going to. No. Physically or emotionally, it's just a completely different person. And it's such a, it does a good job establishing that. Oh, Mom, can't we get a horse? You like that line? I always like that line. I mean, this, I mean, I've seen this movie. I don't think I saw it for the first time until the re-release in the 2001 with the extended cut. Oh, okay. I think that is the first time I saw it, but I've watched it so many times since then. See, this, this, you can't, you can't write this better than getting these characters and like how close they are. She's a single mother. She's she spends all of her time she can with her daughter and they're really close and like this is the worst thing in the world is going to possibly happen. It's like worse than death is going to happen to her. It's 
you're not wrong. And it is talking to the practical effects side of it. When she twists her head around, like, yes. I know it happens, but I forgot it happens and it still works. You're like, ooh. Well, the first time she does it, well, when that scene comes up, it's the most insane scene maybe in film history. And I think it still holds up as such. And it's when the first head twist happens after these series of events that lead to it that make it the most effective thing in this movie. But like this guy right here, these 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 day players just had one line. They have great delivery. You can hold help an old altar boy father. Like you never forget that line, and you have to remember it because it's going to come up later. Right. And when the demon's talking. Yes, and you have, it has to be distinct and nailed it. Even the mother, distinct. This mother, not an actress. She she died right after shooting or like after she shot, might be before it came out. And they just they found her for this role, and she's incredible in it. Yeah. Okay. Which which priest is he again? I don't know this their is names. Damien Karras. Damien, right? Damien's mother. That's what we're talking about. Oh, Demi, Demi, why you do this to me, Demi? Now I missed it watching it. She dies. Yes. Is it off camera? Because the last time yes. I see it, he's talking to her in the hospital, and she ignores him. It's one of those weird time jumps they don't explain. Okay. Where they just cut to a scene where they're at the party. It's like his mother died last night. Oh, the last time you saw her was just a scene ago, and where she had rolled over and get away refused to talk to him. Yeah. yeah. I thought she, I had missed something. She'd made it home by then. She died at her house. Right. So they there was a three time. days ago. In point of fact, I think they. Said. So why would he not be there? Because she said, "Get away from me." Right. So, yeah. So it's just it's just a timing issue. I I just thought it was a Pete attention issue, but no. This guy, these priests live a lot like I do. <laughs> With that cross over your just bed, in my little room, my little collar on. Take your little collar off. Oh, oh, not a priest anymore. <laughs> Ooh. I like he's got backstory too. He was a boxer. Well, they say in here that he was a. Uh, they, she says, "How does a priest become a psychiatrist?" Like it's the other way around. He was a psychiatrist, right? First. And what I like about this movie is that it gets deep into the reason that we don't do exorcisms is we now understand mental illness better. There was a whole thing I used to know about exorcisms because I used to read about that kind of stuff. Um, Hell's bells. All right, I'll be thinking on that in the back of my head now for a little while. I'll come up with it right after the movie ends. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> you can save it for the Christmas spooktacular. All right. I'll have to write it down, but unfortunately, I put my notebook all the way over there. It's not four blocks, but... Oh. Yeah, we spend... like The movie's paced interestingly, because we spend some time with Father Marin, which doesn't actually lead anywhere. Then we get to meet the main characters, but now we're away from them, and we're spending time with this priest and his mother. And then we get the detective side of things, too. Yeah, but he only pops in intermittently. Like, he doesn't ever get, you don't get to see him away from the main characters. Whereas no. these characters, what's interesting is that all three of them, three sets of people, you're seeing them in their own lives before they have to come together. You don't actually see the the, the cop character, Lee no. J. Cobb's character. But does that plot line ever end? What's that? His, the, the, the investigation. Well, he shows up at the end of the movie, and he sees the aftermath of what happens in the room. I don't know how he's going to write this one. <laughs> but in the extended cut, there's a further use of his character to because he was friends he not friends with but he meets damien Karras and they get along and right kind of he invites him to the movies yes and that's the scene they repeat with father dyer the other priest we're going to meet he says the same thing to him like hey i get passes to the movies and then they go oh. off to have lunch together so in exorcist 3 those two characters are the main characters in exorcist 3 i never saw exorcist 3 great movie are they the same actors or the same? Completely different actors, although, ironically, Damien Karras is back. I thought he does. He does. The Gemini Killer 
is the what now? Brad Dorif plays the Gemini killer. Uh, Brad he's, Dorif. He's captured and he's being interrogated. And the guy that Lee J. Cobb died not long after this movie, so he's recast as George C. Scott. And George C. Scott's interrogating him, and he sees Damian Karras, even though it's not him. It's a possession movie where he thinks Damian Karras is talking to him, so they get the actor back. It's pretty great. Oh, okay. Is that one of the ones people like? Because I know yes. there's good ones and bad ones in the franchise. There's only two good ones. <laughs> one <laughs> That's and the other one. That's right. one and three. Yes, trust me on this. There are only two good ones. And one of them, this is a masterpiece. Three is a great movie. Two is a disaster. The two prequels are disasters. The Exorcist Believer is a disaster. Decent TV show, though. But like we keep... So this Ouija board that they find, yeah. that is a possible explanation for Possibly. how... Right. No, it's never really explained. It's nope. just a, a thing that happens sometimes. Nope. They never explain how she gets possessed and... I think that the Ouija board mainly is there to show you there's something in the, the presence in the house. Either way. So it doesn't have to be how, I don't think she was possessed by playing with that alone. They never say that. Oh yeah. No, no, no. It's just one of the, I think this is just like, now, you know, there's something weird in the house. Yeah. yeah. All right. The establishment of something wicked this way comes. <laughs> but look, the mom's playing with the daughter. This is a great, healthy relationship. My mom never played with me. No, it was. Uh, I was so close to my thought about what it was I remembered about exorcism. Well, don't burn yourself. Uh, so very close. Easy, Icarus. Easy. Captain Howdy is a very. Uh, what was the getting the exorcism? Howdy what was the thing in The Shining? What was his friend's name? Oh, fuck! I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about, and I cannot think of what his imaginary friend was called. It's very much that where it's like. I think it's the creepiest way to do it. Not have the kid just say like, oh, I have this imaginary friend I'm talking to. I have this friend that you don't see. It's like, no, they've named him. They have a past relationship. <laughs> they, they have they have experiences together. It's like way worse. So probably because of this movie, my cousin apparently called my mother one time and said, I have a Ouija board. And my mom's like, oh, no, that's evil. She's like, I was playing with it and it started moving. And my mother told her, you know, I can't remember. She like had this whole way to get rid of a Ouija board to not, <laughs> like you can't break it. It was a whole thing. It was probably as a director's all of this movie. Now this is where she asks her mother, like, "Oh, you're gonna invite Burke? You're gonna marry him, aren't you?" Yeah. And she's like, "What are you talking about?" And I was like, "I just really wanted to be like Burke's a drunk. Like, I'm not." I Burke. I assume can we can we play the Kittner game with him? Yeah. Yeah. Because I assumed he had to be in his 90s. Well, he died before this movie came out, too. This movie had a lot of that going on. And some, some of the worst filming experiences of all time. There are moments where William Freakin just abused Ellen Burstyn in this movie. Not not in a emotional way like uh, like The Shining. Yeah, that's like where I was a, going, yeah. I believe when she gets pulled down in the scene that I always talk about this movie is the best, craziest scene. Which one? When when Reagan's using the crucifix on herself. Oh, God, yeah. When she gets yanked backwards, when she gets slapped, and you get yanked backwards, you can see it, the real pain in her face. I think they just yanked her backwards without telling her to the ground. And it's like, that's that's what this shoot was like for Ellen person. That's what they did to Hans Gruber when they dropped him off of the tower. <laughs> I am aware. All right. He comes up a lot. <laughs> it's, like the, it's the one fact you know about Die Hard. You know what else? It also happened to Loki in the first Avengers movie when the Hulk grabs him. Wow. The CGI Hulk? Yeah, the CGI Hulk, but he, he asked to have it tied to his ankle and just yanked mid-speech. I like that they're talking about this. I like that like, she's 
you know asking questions about her mom's relationships and she cares about it and it's, it's very open well, cool relationship now does it show too that she has some grasp of like sexual knowledge because then the question of is it demon possession remember to establish uh right damien is trying to like fit the rules like how it wasn't holy water it was just yeah. regular water like she now knows that sex is a thing so when she's using or you know using the crucifix to fuck herself yeah what? i don't know oh well, at that point yeah that's a little far I don't think they ever told him about it. Well, I assume he was doing research because he did a lot. I don't think they told him that she was doing that, though. Doing what? <laughs> Fucking herself with a crucifix. Uh, I feel like it would have come up. <laughs> that scene, I don't remember the scene where he, he learned that, because that would have been like, oh, let me get let me get it. Well, good thing I figured it out now. This, is a, real, for it. this is a real priest who was working as an advisor on the set. So that's one. Father Dyer is also a real priest. He's actually from Buffalo. He died very recently. Oh, no kidding. His Wikipedia page has a back and forth on whether he was accused of sexual assault or not. Sometimes it's there. Sometimes it's not. If I had to guess. I'm going to guess he was accused of it either way. It right. Doesn't, it doesn't go any further than that. But he's from Buffalo. See, that's an important, the most important moment of the early part of the movie. I think I've lost my faith. And he, boy, he's about to be confronted with it. Yeah, he is. And you're right. Every other exorcism movie has that aspect to it. Every one of them. And it's never been half as interesting as this one. And they all bring up, you know, the different aspects of, it's just how can we make it different showing the effects of the possession and what happens around them and stuff. Now, do they go into CGI more instead of the practical effects in the newer movies? Um, There's only one newish one. I mean, of the... Exorcism movies. Oh, of any exorcism movies? No, uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, they all use digital shit. See, that just doesn't seem to work as well. No. I think the extras believer probably tried to keep it as in-camera as it could, but it's just a bad movie. It's hard to tell when you're rolling your eyes. <laughs> it seems to be the consensus from what I've seen online. It's just, it's, it misses... All these movies that I don't like, these knockoffs, they understand The Exorcist. They just can't recreate it, and they can't top it. Yeah, the believer, I agree. The believer seems to not even understand The Exorcist. That's that's why it's stunning to me that it's the one that is in canon in the series. It doesn't even understand the thing that it's doing. It's weird. <laughs> well, just based on that, I have no interest in seeing it anymore. Oh, she gets a picture by her bed. They, can you tell that they're a good family? It's really, really well done. When, when I saw this scene the first time, uh, the last time, I said... Wow, Ellen's really bursting out of that nighty. Oh, boy, you got a whole joke book today. <laughs> My bed was shaking, and she's going to say, that's a right? great line. It's a that's great fantastic. line. She's not lying. No, the thing that this movie does incredibly well is the build-up to the full possession. Because they put the, the most horrific thing in this movie, by far, is the 1973 medical technology. (laughs) It is rough. And it's it's all pointless because it's not anything medical, but the torture that she has to go. It's what you would do. Right. It's, of course, what you would do because that's the whole point. I think it was in the 1960s. This is my point about the exorcisms in the Catholic Church. They they tried to get away from it, like saying, you know, hey, we don't do exorcisms. Not that, like, it's medical. We've gone forward with mental health and science. Mm -hmm. We know. And then this movie came out. And people got all into it again, like calling up churches. And there was a, I fucking remember it got in the 90s, there was something on 2020 or one of those old shows where it was an exorcism performed live. Mm. Did you ever see that? No. It, watching it in like 1991 or something, it's, 
it looked like somebody who had a lot of mental health issues being strapped to a chair, but it was condoned by the church or a certain branch of the church or something. It was a mess. So the Catholic Church is back and forth on exorcisms. I think they're back to uh, having an actual position that churches have to have yeah. of an exorcist for a parish or whatever. Ridiculous. Yeah, well, because it's, it's popular again, and we got to get the kids back in the fold. Well, could you imagine, though? Like, they keep making these movies, obviously, but they don't do the medical aspects the way that this one did. They don't? Well, they, they don't really get into it as deeply. She goes to the hospital like four times in this movie to have different procedures done, and they yeah. show them. That's what I mean, though. Can you imagine doing that now with how far technology's come? It's not as fucking terrifying as that mach- giant machine beeping around, like, you know, banging around well, her. Yeah, and having the spinal taps done just like yeah, regularly. This is not the things that would happen. So it wouldn't even work. It's so of the moment. To your point, in this attic here where she's got the candle, I like it when it the, the big burst, yes. the practical when effect. When it's bursting. When, when Ellen Burstyn's candle is bursting. Candle she's, bursting. She's candle bursting, negligee bursting. Here it is. It's a good one. Yeah. It, it's just a giant flare. It's a really good practical effect, and it, it's that slow burn towards the possession, like the things. Now, is it her fault for going in the attic? Maybe it was stuck in the attic. I heard that can happen to demons. I don't know, but it goes to your point about how characters can't be held responsible for not knowing they're in a horror movie, so she has no reason not to go up there yet. Right. But later not. in the movie, she wouldn't go up there. No. But, you know, maybe that's, it wasn't the Ouija board, or maybe it was, but the demon got stuck in the attic. Another thing that I very much like about this movie is that it doesn't answer any of the questions I'm about to ask. Who defaces this statue? <laughs> but I like that. Is it is it connected to the possession? Right. They never, they never bring it up. They never answer it, because the, it's better that there's no answer. The statue in the church that yeah, has been the horribly profaned, and it's never brought up again, and I completely forgot it happened. But it's great. It's demon adjacent. If there was an answer, it would be terrible. There's no good answer to it, other than, oh, what's happening? It's signs and portents. That's yep. what it is. Yep. I love the fact that they never Demon answered. shows up, the statue gets a dick. That's the way it goes. Mm-hmm. It's the reverse of what the church did to the Romans. The remember they ripped off all the wieners on the Roman statues? How would I remember that? I'm just wondering. I don't know. Maybe you're an immortal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mary. That was Mary, right? I don't know. All right. Sure. There was some lady. Sure. Right. It was one of those church ladies. I don't know. She was one of those church ladies. You know who's a church lady? Dana Carvey. <laughs> he sure is. Yeah, old-timey references. <laughs> I like this. Uh, when he's walking, he's going to start walking through here, and the old people are going to start grabbing him. Because That's creepy. It's, it's, but it's also very realistic when you've been dumped into a, like the general population psych ward. But there's so many reasons they would be grabbing for him. Number one, please help me. Number two, please save me. Oh, yeah. Because I'm near death. Like There's so many different ways to interpret it. And it's all hopeless and terrible. It's the worst. It's like, there's so many things in this movie that are terrifying that have nothing to do with the possession. And they end up being in in what following movies or you know anything in the genre afterwards like just extended scenes like here you only need two minutes to get how awful it is that'll be a 20 minute part of something further on this is as effective a horror scene as anything else in the movie it's not agreed yeah it's and so is so is the stuff at the hospital when she's under like those are ideas that this movie has that are so fantastic and i'm sure that they're in the book because i think it's a very Good translation of the book, interpretation, adaptation of the book. Did, was it somebody else who did the screenplay, or was it Friedkin? No, I think it, no, William Peter Blatty wrote the book. I think he wrote the screenplay, too. Oh, okay. 
But this is what I mean. Like these, they could all be grabbing him for different reasons. The both of the two of them. Right. And this is just a guy who already has, you know, he's struggling with his faith. Yeah. He's got to walk through this to go see his mother who's going to ignore him because he's. We know who he is. He, he doesn't even, he doesn't even look at the homeless person with any sympathy anymore. He doesn't look at these people with any sympathy anymore. He's, he's completely lost. He's wrapped up in his own shit. Yep. Now his, this character's actor's son is a writer now, a screenwriter. And he wrote. Damien's? Right? Yes. Okay. He wrote um, The Final Girls which is a really good movie. It's a movie about a young girl who, whose mother dies in real life, played by, uh, what's her name? Uh, Taysa Formiga plays the young girl, and her mother is um, from Watchmen, the blonde from Watchmen. The blonde from Watchmen. Malin Ackerman. Malin Ackerman plays I her mother. I never figured out who that was. That plays her mother. She plays her mother, and she dies in real life, and what she has left is the movies that she made. And she's in a very famous slasher movie where she dies at the end. And part of the impetus for that was when the guy co-wrote the script, uh, he's like, my father is Damien Carriage from The Exorcist. He's passed on in real life. It's like, and what I have, the memories that I have of him are him dying over and over again at the end of this movie. And it's <laughs> okay. an interesting position to be in, to write right. a script from. Not one that a lot of people have experience with, this I'm is, guessing. People know my father from dying in this movie. And it's like, yeah, that's kind of true. And it's, it's an interesting perspective to have to write a screenplay from. And the movie's really good. It's a much more fun movie than it sounds, <laughs> but it's uh, it's really good. Burke is awesome. Uh, he is he hates Carl. He's accusing him of being a Nazi. That's coming up. Yeah, who is Carl? He's or her butler or her assistant. Oh, whatever. okay. The one who tells her there's no rats. Yeah. There's now, the astronaut. Now, does the astronaut die? Because she no. tells him he's no. going to die, but, and then she pisses on the floor. But I believe that he is a character in a future William Peter Blatty novel. Oh, a sequel? Yes. William Peter Blatty himself directed in, in uh, Exorcist 3, based on a book that he had written called Legion. And I think there was a different book that had that character at, at the like, center of it. Was I, uh, wasn't the exorcism based on like real events? Yes, yes it was. Well, the book, I mean. The book yeah. was based on a real... Thing. I can't remember so where it was. That's Father Dyer yeah. on the right. He's wearing a collar. Hard to tell them all apart. I know. So she's asking about that that sexy boxer. He's, he's running around. There's no other, like there's no other reason for her to ask about it other than she must have been like been like, hey, who's that guy? Yep. But now he's taught. They, she's is. overhearing about. Here it is. She's yep. like, He's no. just no filter on this guy. He's the director of the movie. He's the director of the movie. Okay. I would not fuck with Carl. I'll just say that. No. It's, just, it's like, what's the end game here? What if he is a murderous Nazi? It doesn't seem like there's a good plan here. But is there anything that Carl ever does that makes... No, Burke's just an asshole. That's what I figured. Look at him. He's a smug asshole. This is also a great scene. When her eye opens when she leaves. I don't remember that. You'll see it. This is why this movie is so perfect at the build-up. Ellen Burstyn that, kissing. Yep. Great. Ellen and Burstyn kisses her goodnight and her eyes pop open. This movie's so good at the build-up, and then it knows it has like the fucking greatest payoff of all time. It knows it has it in its pocket. I also like her assistant here, who d- does the right thing at the end of the movie, and is like, yeah, I'm leaving now. Oh, yeah. And she's like, can I convince you to stay? She's like, no. <laughs> Sorry. A rare show of logic from a character in a movie. <laughs> I'm out. Well, she leaves a little too late, to be honest with you. Well, I think she's tied up and caring for the kid, right? I got to assume if one of my kids turned into a monster, I'd... 
And she makes a critically stupid decision at one point in this movie when she has to run out and get medicine for Reagan and she leaves Burke with her. Yeah, them. that is terrible. I like her little pantsuit thing right now and I want it. 70s fashion. I want it so badly. Everybody, look at this. Everyone's wearing their, their suits and everybody's wearing their dresses. And their collars. That guy's got a necktie. This is, there's also a line earlier in this movie, later in this movie, I think it's earlier, where she's she finds out she's invited to the White House and she's just not excited about it. She's like, yeah. I don't want to go. She's like, I assume it's a giant thing. He's like, no, six people. Like a dinner like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to do that. What would you want to? Who's the president? Seventy three Nixon. Yes, <laughs> doesn't matter what president it is. It sounds terrible. It does matter. No, I wouldn't want to go to any of them. It does matter. Oh, you know, all right, I take it back. If Tr was going to have me, see? I it would matters. go. I would go sit down. You're right. This is a great. But that's the only moment. time it matters. You're going to die up there. Not until a third movie, perhaps. Then she pisses on the carpet, as one does. That's how I like to punctuate all my announcements. But also great mother. predictions. Also great mothering here. She's been ill. And just like, and then she takes her and then cleans her up. And it's like, this is, you know, it's good shit. She's got assistance. She's not doing that. Anytime I predict something's going to happen. Cleaning her in her awesome dress. Well, yeah. You're not wrong. She, it's The relationship is really well established. But she's not even her daughter anymore at this point. No, I see. I think that she still has her. The she's demon in of, there, but it's you can see in her eyes that she's not. Ah, uh, oh, but the demon lets her out to talk every once in a while because yeah. I think that's her, and to let her feel all the things that it's doing to her. Yeah. See, I think the demon is letting her be in control for a, like certain parts, just to be sneaky and an asshole. This is what this is what would really happen. Just take your pills. Yeah. It only gets worse from there. It did not bother me as much. I thought that you pointed out that it might hit different as a oh, parent. Yeah. Like uh, all these scenes of what you go through. I guess I've seen so many worse things somehow. Or maybe just the world itself See, is so I don't much think worse. a kid's ever been tortured worse than when she gets no, put through the I've battery felt, of tests here. It's bad, but maybe I'm just desensitized to everything now. Because it's, I remember all of it. And the crucifix scene is still. Mm-hmm. Like, That's the worst. Yeah. The bed is shaking. You leave me now, bitch. <laughs> I also enjoy that they they let um, the mother be very smart, where the these supposed specialists and and smart doctors are telling her like your problems in the brain. She's like, "Are you fucking kidding me? Did you see it? Are you right. there? The bed? I was on the bed." <laughs> yeah, but that is what you would do mm-hmm. there's no answers to this because again how often is it it's not an exorcism it's mental illness like there's not demons i guess we could wait till the scene comes up but i always found it interesting that she gets the idea for the exorcism from the doctors when she's living and partying with priests it's a, it's an interesting way to do it where somebody else could have just seen her and been like, "Yeah, I'm going to kind of launch an investigation of this." Well, that well that was you know, cuz like I said the church itself in the 60s that was their doctrine was you don't you, no more exorcism, it's not a right. thing, it's all science. Right. But I just find it interesting so that the a doctor brings it up. Right, cuz the priests aren't talking about it, it's no longer a, a thing. The priests don't know. Nobody knows that she's sick. You know, that's no. the closest he gets to is that she pissed herself. That's not that's not needing a possession. Oh, yeah. At no point does she talk to the priest. Not until after she's already been told about the exorcism. Yeah, and she doesn't and, go to her friend, though. She goes to uh, uh, Damien. Yes. Well, yes. She's got the hots for him. 
that boxer looking fella. Hey, mm-hmm. they made the joke. Uh, the cop says he looks like somebody. Yeah. I assume a boxer. And then he's like, no, I lied. You look more like this other guy. Selminio was an actor. He was in West Side Story. And he does kind of look like Selminio. <laughs> okay. I didn't, I didn't get the references. That is that was the reference was to a, a popular actor of the time. Oh, okay. And he does kind of look like him, to be honest. He was stabbed to death, I believe, not long after that movie. That's a, that's a, that's a knick-knack fact for you. That's not a knick-knack. That's a Selminio. That's a, a minnow Selminio. See, now he's having the dream. She's already died, and he's been drinking himself to death. And this is an awesome dream. Where she's coming out of the subway? When she can't reach her and she walks back down. It's just good shit. It's good shit. And trucks, oh. trucks keep right, too. You like that one? Yeah. Now, this woman who's not an actress who stands there all sad and lost looking. There was Pazuzu. Is that who that was? Yeah. And she's gone. Taking the L train to hell. Now, there's the necklace you were talking about that offered him protection. Yes. I was talking about that not in the podcast. So no, but you were talking about sequitur. it to me. Well, that's, it's a non-sequential non-sequitur. Fucking bastard. I love it. Her the voice, up. the voice too. I like the the layers that it goes on with the multiple voice talking at the same time. Yep. It's just it's like if you're at this point in the movie, the first time you see it, you're like, why are we spending this much time with this priest that has nothing to do with the story? Because he has not met them, he's not talked to them, he's not interacted with them. He's in his own side quest. Well, it's called The Exorcist, and it's not about a gym. So you know that the priest is going to be involved, and you got to believe that he's the priest who's going to do the exorcism. doesn't explain why you got Sidow hanging out in Iraq, but... Well, he's, he's in... Uh, he's not in Iraq anymore at this point. He's in... Uh, where did he go? He's been there for a few months. I don't remember. No, he got, he's gotten back, and he's in... He's in New York. Oh, no. He was in Minnesota. No, he was in... It was a music festival. New York's a museum. Woodstock. He's at Woodstock right now. Oh, yeah, he is at That's Woodstock. That's where he is, yeah. That's New York, isn't it? I think it is. Yeah, Woodstock, yeah. somewhere in central New York. Yeah, that's where that's where he's he's hanging out in the woods in Woodstock. I, I thought he was performing. Yes. With the shitty Beatles. Yeah, he went on before the shot on us. That's a Wayne's World reference. More Dana Carvey for you. <laughs> Who's playing tonight? The Shitty Beatles. Any good? No. It's like so. It's not just an ironic name. <laughs> it's a good movie. I saw the Violent Femmes once in a concert, not just you know like hanging out. And the opening act was Black Elvis, and it was a Black Elvis impersonator. And the guy at the <laughs> urinal next to me thought that was the best thing, and he kept telling me while slapping me on the back at the same time as getting, peeing. Getting dangerous. It goes to a Ken story here. Oh God, it was terrible. This is the doctor who eventually brings up exorcism. His reasoning is sound. That it's nothing It's nothing left that we can do. Well, she has no belief in any of this, and she continually casts it off like nonsense. And she's, when she says, have you ever heard of exorcism? And he explains, what is like, you're telling me to take my daughter to a witch doctor. And she, she's not open to it at all. But his thing is, psychologically, if she believes she's possessed, doing this might psychologically tell her she's she's fine. It's like, that does make some sense. It's just hilarious to me that a doctor who's completely out of ideas is like, eh, why don't we just pass this one off on the church? I feel like that's kind of the way it always is. It's pretty, that's why I like it. It's pretty right. good. But look at these machines. Like, this would not be as scary in 2023. Well, so she's laying there getting strapped down. 
then they stick the needle in her neck, you know, to put the port in, yeah. and the blood's just spurting out across her. It's and it's a kid, and mm-hmm. I hate watching that kind of stuff. So I mean, this wouldn't this shit wouldn't be as scary now if they were to redo this. No, because it's not these giant chunking machines, and it's not blood squirting out for a while and inject. It's too real. That's the thing for a movie about a fake possession. This shit's too real. And it's what would happen. A hundred percent. And as you, as you were watching this, like, I don't know that she's, um, I know that she's not going to get better. This is all torture. Mm-hmm. Cause I know what the problem is. It's that goddamn demon with the penis. Like, I don't want any part of this. <laughs> like, that's this seventies technology and stuff like that. No, thank you. I you know the size of that needle? Fuck off. Right. I don't know that if that was one of my kids, I'd be standing there watching it happen from the control room. Well, she gets off on the torture. <laughs> she did not portray that part. She seemed to be horrified what happens later. This is another 70s guy. Is it the mustache? Yeah. yeah I, they're coming back. The mustache and glasses. Kitty and the kids have told me I am not. A, that looks very much like my father if you put like 30 pounds on him. This is horrible. Well, beep, yeah, this beep, is the part I'm beep, talking about. Beep, 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 beep. Yeah, this is what I mean. I think this is the scariest part of the movie. And they got to insert the whatever the hell the metal rod is. Yeah, it's take the pictures, and it's not going to help. No, and we know that because we know the problem. Oh, fucking terrible! This is if you don't if you get queasy at hospital stuff, this movie's got some stuff for you. Mm. See, and there's Ellen Burstyn just watching. I couldn't. I didn't want to be there when my kids were born, but Kitty made me be like, in the room. Look at these machines. Like, no thanks. You can't, How did we ever cure anything pre <laughs> around 1973 or earlier? We didn't. That's the thing. I guess it's true. We're, we're in this movie. We're saying, eh, go to the priest. We don't know. It really takes its time showing you how fucking horrible medicine was. We landed on the moon by now. Yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Why doesn't that flag, uh, why, isn't it, why is it showing a flag waving? Up there on the moon. There's no air up there. The air up there? Is, Is that Kevin a Bacon Kevin movie? Bacon movie? A Kevin Bacon vehicle. Why? Was there one where the dog... Was it Air Bud? Was that the dog who played basketball? There's no rule that says a dog can't play basketball. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. There's nothing in the rule book. Now I got a picture of her brain, and he's saying everything is just fine. Which makes Which makes for an interesting talking point about what the possession is because it is affecting her motor skills and it is affecting her her speech it's affecting everything your brain does i have never looked at that aspect of this movie but before. i like it because it's not infected that it's infected her soul and that's what i like about it it's affected her body and her soul so it's like it doesn't it has complete control over you although it's not in the natural way i like that about it i all right, I'm going to have to think on that one. It's an unnatural, yeah, yeah. an unnatural infection. And that's what I like about how you can't find it with natural right. things. It's because not it's an show, unnatural it won't thing. show up anyway. Exactly. But it has control but it, over it. It does have control over basic motor functions. Which is what I like about it. It's a spiritual possession. It's not a. That's cool. Her flopping back and forth in the bed. Is and you she, know she's just doing it. Is she. Now it's her, though. I think that's her, right? Yes, she's it is. In, pair, or in terror. She's in pain. Yep. But the demon still has control of her. Or her body, and I, oh, now she's back to a demon. See the simplest effects are the best. That oh, the throat, 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 the white eyes. It's better than you can just do. Throw a hundred things on it; it's not going to be as good. And that performance. Oh yeah, and she's getting that, horny. A little kid screaming "fuck me" to all the people there. Mm-hmm. Oh God! When she tells her mother to lick her, it's again the sequence of events that lead to the first head a, turn is incredible. Right. 
Yeah, it is. It's that's a demonic possession. And then yep. going back on, it's I don't think I've seen a better demonic possession role like acted or role acted out. There, there almost can't be. But also, she's breaking the ground on it too, which helps. But I, there's no way to do it anymore without looking like you're copying it. There's just no way to do it. So what's the point of doing it? Well, like I point. said, this year we've seen good possession well, movies. I, so. That's another point I was going to make earlier, but I forgot. Talk to me was really good. The first time I've been interested in a possession movie. That was a good one. Like an exorcism You brought movie. up When Evil Lurks. When you watch that, that's a possession movie. I that's want good. to see that movie. That's a possession movie? It is. It is, a, it is a very different kind of possession movie. Again, somebody's coming up with, they're finally starting to think outside the box on how to do it and not just doing the man of faith has to overcome things. They're not doing that anymore. Okay. That is a movie. So where Evil a, Lurks. All right, I about that one. A, an infected, a possessed person who they need to get off of the property or else it's going to infect the whole land and they fuck it up and they end up unleashing Wait. evil into the whole whole of the uh, the town. It's pretty great. Oh, so it's like a virus kind of thing, but a... Yeah, it's it's all steeped in, in a, of a mythology of whatever culture it is and it's, it's really, really good and there's some fucking amazing moments in that movie. All right. I'm going to bump that up my list. All right. Ellen Burstyn's mad. Is she mad at the doctors right now? Is that yeah, because she's telling her the problems with the brain. She's like, "Did you see? Did you, were you there? Right? Oh, are you fucking? Yeah. The, did you see what's happening on the bed? What are you talking about? She just beat one of you to the ground. But this is the point. Like, if you're an ear, nose, and throat doctor, where do you think the problem's going to be? It's going to be in one of three places. Throat. There you go. That's what he always says. He's a creeper. <laughs> see this guy? I love it. He's presenting is being so smart and knowledgeable and he's fucking wrong. <laughs> That's what it, but he's, he's got that posture of like, you, I'll, I'll explain it to you because you're oh, an idiot. Dude. It works just to show you. Yep. And it, I think it works now. No, because the guy on the left here is starting to break. He's starting to be like, yeah, you know what? <laughs> she makes some fair points. And this guy's like, I know everything. This and guy, it's like, you the, don't know shit. The ENT over here. Yep. That's that ear, nose, and throat. Yep. Okay. He knows what's what. It's in the throat. See, we're back to these fucking machines. And I think, you know. Got to check that throat. God, these machines are the worst. That's, like, how, that's how they took pictures. I'm then. dying to know what we've had that's replaced these these things. Because they're so archaic. I'm assuming it's like a cell phone picture camera. Well, even the thing that's holding their head down. Like, there's probably just like a nice foam thing you lay your head into now. And this was like, no, we have to have metal clamps on your head. But the feeling is the same. Like, people still, like, going to the doctors is a terrifying thing. It it is, but it has to be less terrifying than it was in 1973. It just has to be. But then, like you were just talking about with the people who, uh, you know, their science just so, you know, oh, I know everything. It's the way it is now, too, with hospitals and doctors. You you go, okay, Mm -hmm. I I believe you. It doesn't matter how insane you are. I mean, famously, I haven't been to the doctor since 1999. I go to the doctor all the goddamn time now. My back hurts for no reason. Mine does, too. What, is he going to fix that? No, he can't, but I'm like, something else is probably wrong. And it usually is. This is where he tells her to go to the priest? No. Oh. That comes later when there's the, when they've expanded it to a court of like 18 people, 18 specialists. Oh, that that's right. It. It's like a little boardroom meeting. Which is what I love. Like, it just, more and more people keep getting their hands into this and they just cannot solve it. It can't be solved with modern... Well, then modern medicine. This is what? How far are we in? This is the first hour almost? Yeah, we're almost an hour into the movie. Right. And, and it's all the frustration of not knowing what's wrong with your kid while you're ramping up. Oh, look, the possession's getting worse. This is this is the moment where the movie jumps into a second gear uh, because we're going to find out what happens to Burke. <laughs> Burke goes flying down. She just it. passes by the, the corner where right. everyone's gathering because Burke is... 
fallen down the steps in quotation marks. Which this is apparently a hilly area because it's like a a block away because it's, it's a straight walk down the steps they are. Yes. You like the blinking lights in the house? I like that part. I do too. In the uh, Where she walks in and everything's flickering. Extended version, they put a picture of Pazuzu flashing over by her shoulder here. But they oh. don't do it in this one. Okay. In the original. Ooh. Most of the changes are not that great. The spider walk. I like it. You know what? I is, like it. When this, when this happens, just tell me when the ext- it's different in the extended ones. If you I don't remember it. all the, the parts. Do your best. I like it. I know that right at the end of this scene, it ends very differently. And it's the part that's the most famous part of the new part. But I don't think it's that great. It's an effective shot, the spider walk. Okay. It's an effective moment, but it doesn't really add anything to the story. Whereas things that are cut out later, I think, do add to the story. But they're the only ones that really do. Oh, the spider walk is the one that everyone talks about. Because it's, it's like a nice, it's, uh, listen. It's, it's a cool another practical com- effect. Completely shocking moment in a movie full of shocking moments. And you got a new one after like 35 years or whatever. They put that thing out, 40 years. You get a new one and it's like, holy shit, this, this has another secret to it, another trick to it. And that's great. I just don't think it helps the movie at all. Whereas a lot of the other stuff is important. The later discussion there, stuff yeah. is way better, I think. Okay. But it's just like a line here or there where they throw it away. And I'm like, I don't like that line. Well, how long? This is like a two-hour movie, right? Yes. It's like 10 minutes longer, but not all of that 10 minutes is good. I said, there's a perfect cut between the two, but that's not what we got. Oh, and here's the assistant's tragic mistake, having yes. left the drunken, Nazi-hating Burke in well, charge of listen, a child. Did you say Nazi-hating like well, this is negative <laughs> No, I realize that's one good aspect of it. And we don't honestly know if the butler is, in fact, a Nazi. Mm-hmm. He probably was. Burke might have been right. I like the demon got rid of him. I like this dude's delivery of the whole thing. It's everything. This whole scene that he has here is great. He's like, oh, I haven't heard. It's so good. <laughs> who is this guy? I don't know who he is. This guy, some guy shows up at her house and says, hey, I don't know if you heard. Maybe he's the driver or something. I don't know. Burf, He's got a bunch of people working for him. Burf, he, I know she does. They just come in and out. Now, this scene ends right here. In The spider walk's going to happen right after this. Right after, okay. So she's crying. He leaves. She turns around and is like, <gasps> and then you see her come to, walking down the stairs, crab walking backwards on the stairs, and then blood comes out of her mouth when she screams. And I, I know there's actually another cut of it where she chases the mother out of the room, which is too comedic to work. Yeah. So the one Agreed. they the one they landed on was better, but it's I don't I don't mind it not being there. Now yeah. we're gonna try psychology and hypnosis. Good luck with your hypnosis. That always works. Now, they're actually talking to Reagan now, it seems. Because there's a big switch coming when they say, I want to talk to the person inside Reagan. Yeah, I was trying to figure that out watching it this time. Is it the demon playing with them? Or is it Reagan herself responding to hypnosis? I think it might be Reagan. Because the demon does that. He lets her go sometimes. It's, I guess, funnier. More dickish. Yeah, the demon knows a lot of tricks. It messes with Karis a lot. Yeah, he does. Because it... And Maris is the one. It's Karis. Maris. Who's the Iraqi one? The Marin. Marin. Because he knows Marin, like you said. That's his enemy. Yeah, you hear when he listens to the tape, although it might not be in this version. There's an extended version of him listening to the, the tape that he made when he's recording Reagan, and it's yeah. been backwards, yeah, where yeah. you can hear her yelling out, Marin! Yeah, yeah, it is in it this, is one. this one. Yep, I saw it. There's other lines in there. recently. But yeah, it's pretty great. And you hear, like, fear the priest. <laughs> it's like, yep. She knows. And then he yells out Marin again when he gets there, when yeah. he walks in the door. You're right. I should have. Look, I just watched this thing last night. It's a lot to process. It's been a while. 
It's been whole some hours. <laughs> it has been. That was several hours ago. Yeah. About half a day. But I can't walk four blocks. How can I remember several hours? This is good child acting. Oh, from Reagan or yeah. Linda? Linda Blair. It really is. Kid actors are always a, a downfall in a lot of films, but this one's good. You know, Linda Blair has a cameo in Scream. She plays the, the reporter on the, on the school who runs over. He's like, how does it feel to be almost brutally murdered? The people have a right to know. That's her? That's her. I think I knew that. Yeah. I haven't seen the original Scream in a long time. You want to feel real old now? The original Scream was 23 years after this movie, and it has been 28 years since that came out. How long? <laughs> we were closer to... This Scream is closer to The Exorcist by a few years this than is, it is to now. This is the T-Rex is closer to us than a Stegosaurus yeah. scenario? No, what is the... that? Um, Cleopatra's closer to us than the the pyramids, pyramids. or something. Yeah. yeah, something like that. I like those. See, this is where the the cops introduced, and he doesn't have his own backside story, so he's not really one of the main guys. No, and what does he add? Just the level of the threat. He adds the threat of being found out more than anything, because he's the one who basically tells her that Reagan, without saying it, because he doesn't know it, that Reagan killed. Burke. Yeah, that's how she figures no, it out okay that's yeah, how yeah. the mother figures it out because she doesn't know it and she knows it when he said when he talks about what happened to him and uh john garfield i don't know who that is so he has the threat of you know the real world intruding on this thing and the dangers of like my daughter killed somebody and we're getting tracked down by people on this there's consequences know. all over the place yes to even if you fix your kid He's on the. He's. It makes sense that somebody would investigate this Burke Dennings thing. Yeah, hundred percent. Now they keep showing that he was uh, he was thrown out the window of of Reagan, yeah. and then he fell down the stairs. But every time they show you walking up the stairs to where the apart the window looks really far away, like there's a whole courtyard between the steps and the house. I don't think so. Because right. when you we see it at the end with the boarded up thing, it's right it's right at the top of the steps. All right, well, take a look. Because I noticed, and it bothered me. I'll point it out. You point out extended cuts, and I'll point out big what do you courtyards. Think, what do you think these tennis players got paid to be extras? The thrill of being on the film. Yeah, maybe. They don't have lines, right? No, but they, you got to get paid something I thought to it was only if you talked. No, you still get paid to be in the movie. You just don't get paid a rate like that. But these are clearly oh, yeah, featured right. extras. They're, do, they're doing things. They're not just in the background of the party. They're doing things. Or maybe they just maybe they just fucking walk by. I was about to say, are you sure? I don't believe that this was a guerrilla filming campaign. <laughs> like this is. Oh, did it have like a real budget to it? Yes, and this would have been again. This this director won best director and best picture a few a couple years before this. And then he decides to go do this movie. It's a big book. It was a giant hit novel. Okay. And horror didn't have a stigma in 1973. It didn't have anything. No. It didn't have that stigma until Texas Chainsaw Massacre in nineteen seventy four. It's one of the of the effects of Texas Chainsaw. It, it just it dirtied up the thing to a point where and nobody wanted their hands on it anymore. No one could admit that things are horror anymore. Yep. If they like it. I bet you that they stopped trying to call this horror at some point in nineteen seventy four when Texas Chainsaw Massacre came out. They're like, we can't be associated with this. But you can't because it is. This there wasn't a movie like this again until Silence of the Lambs that was so cast with, you know, great actors. And prestige, a prestige drama that's just a pure horror movie. And, you know, again, you can't escape it on this one. Also a ripoff of Sleepaway Camp. I think we established that. 
but those were big budget tentpole fil- temple films that like the studios were banking on for the year and you, that wasn't happening in the 80s when jason was running around i'm trying to think of it what was going on in the 80s as far as the oh, all the bad slasher movies that came no I'm, I'm talking about the academy award like what was what was considered high what in the 80s yeah like no. what won the academy awards uh, Rain Man in '88. Uh, I think there was probably Platoon in there. Yeah, out of Africa, right. probably in the early '80s. You know what was going on? Yep. All right, I'm there. I've landed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's nothing near this. Those aren't movies you run back to. No, of course not. They very rarely are. But but as your point, Amadeus, which I do like actually a lot. I, I watched it once. I like that movie. But again, that's what that's what's winning. Nothing. Like the Last this. Emperor win maybe. That sounds right. That's a great movie too. I haven't seen it except for the one time. I really like it. I mean, I'm not. These are all good movies. It's just that that's what that's what was going to win awards. Yeah. Not, everything, every all at once, had no chance in 1980. No, I did not. Parasite, no chance in 1980. It would not have been released in it 1980. Would, nobody would have seen it. So yeah, that's why I think things have changed for the better in the, the, the as far as the Academy is concerned because those things have legitimate. You know, Mad Max Fury Road had like 13 nominations. That's incredible. Should have won, but it won everything but Best Picture. So every aspect of the movie was better than every other movie's aspects, but combined. The whole thing, yeah. Not going to win. Nope, clearly. That had, uh, who is it? Beast. Yep. Nicholas. We've uh, talked about before. He's yeah. played Nux, and he made me cry. <laughs> it was a good performance. Yeah. He goes, he has a longer, wider character arc in that movie than like any character I've ever seen. He goes from... All over the map. Nicholas Holt is in something new, too, isn't he? I just heard about it. He's going to be in Nosferatu, I think, isn't he? Maybe No. No, no, no. no. no it's something else. It is. God damn else. it. Well, I'll figure it out eventually. No, you won't. I always do. No, you don't. It might be a couple of years later. There they are. This is where they're, they're at their, their meeting of the minds. Oh, where she? Where they tell her to feel? Boy, they even brought in a female doctor in 1973. They must be desperate. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't catch that because I was just remembering you. I always get there eventually. I told you about the song, the Beatles song they played on the radio that I couldn't remember in 2015, but now I remember. Nope. Yeah. Well, I did. So I got to tell Mark Hannon that. Mm. I did figure it out, is my point. Good for you. Thank you. This is where he's going to bring up exorcism. Well, we're out of ideas. This is that. This is the moment where he's well, out look of ideas. At the body language too. It's no longer that arms crossed, confident, condescending. Well, I told you he wasn't things. the one doing it anymore. He changed in that scene. This is where he started to believe that there's something. Well, now he's completely like his body language is completely broken. He's like, ah, she's so good in this. No, movie. that was the one right there who was starting to break. This is just a new guy who's also no. done. Ellen Burstyn is so fucking good in this scene. She's so good in this movie. Why did this scene in particular? Just her accepting it? Well, she starts off raving mad at them. She starts off raving mad at them for being so fucking incompetent. And now she's just like, you get that look of just like fear on her face that this is never going to get fixed. And now she's being told something that's just wildly ridiculous to her. I don't think I've seen her in anything else other than this and Requiem. She was in Interstellar. She was? She was the old Murph. Oh, yeah. So I, that's another performance I liked her. Yeah. She was only in a little bit, but I liked yeah. her. I mean, the Requiem for a Dream in this are like her big, big, big ones. Well, what about Exorcist Believer? Yeah, I know. 
She can't believe her fucking ears. She's like, I've been paying for these fucking doctors. I've got the best in the world, and now you're giving me take her to a witch doctor. And I, I love that it combines her lack of faith with her just complete, unbelievable anger at these doctors for being so incompetent. And frustration. Yes. And, so fear, much. and fear. And fear. And it was all on her face. Yep. That's why she's so good at it. And she's like, this is where we've reached. You're telling me to take her to a witch doctor. But she's about to find out that she should probably do that. I like that they, she can't even, Reagan can't walk. They have to carry her. She's just a exhausted, yep. tired, possessed kid. Oh, back to the detective. All right. This what? might be it. I'll show you the giant courtyard. He's at the bottom it's of the not, stairs. It's not a giant court. Well, I also like that. Okay, go ahead. I'm waiting. Okay, he's at the bottom of the steps. Yeah, we're seeing it. That's no. where Burke died. All right. We we also, um, yeah, I forget him. <laughs> oh no what i also like is that she doesn't run off and go to the exorcist she doesn't have anything she wants to do it she doesn't believe it it's going to take as we learn it's going to take quite the thing to get her yeah. to go. in fact so, the next thing she does is get mad that there's a, an artifact yeah, i was about to say why who put this crucifix they never tell you it's like yeah, everything okay. else they don't tell you if somebody hit a crucifix under like we've already uh, even if it's not a faith thing if somebody hit a weapon underneath my kid's bed who's clearly got issues i'd be upset but she was just told that her best chance is to take it to the oh, Catholic yeah, church no, I get and the it. first thing she gets is mad at the church and it's going to take quite nope. the scene to get her to change her so mind so the detective finds it's one of the little clay statues yes. that reagan makes right yeah okay i couldn't i couldn't figure out what it was he'll see one later when he's night. in their house right the turtle yeah turtle turtle you know i have a turtle it might not turtle the enough for the turtle club it is on netflix right now and i might watch it <laughs> i've never seen it but Me i know neither. that scene i know that scene as well another dana carvey reference yes he's getting a lot of them <laughs> his son just died there's another one for you oh no i heard that too yeah. i'm double sad again see there's not a courtyard between these All right, things. keep going he's walking up the steps the uh -huh. detective's doing his detectoring and he's going to come see a window. Yeah, he's winded. I like that. I, I love it because it's real. <laughs> he's winded at the window. And look at him stare across this courtyard. It's not a courtyard. Look how far. There's it's trees a, in the way. There's brush in the way. There are trees. It's a second-story window. She can brush. turn a man's head all the way around. She can't throw him four meters. I didn't take into the account that it's demon strength. I used meters because I confused him. He doesn't know what, to, what well, length that is. When we were talking about, that's what she said. When we were talking about how uh, demons don't show up on the possession with the motor system, any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. I also know that the soul weighs so, seven grams. <laughs> but I don't know what that means because it's in grams. I like it. <laughs> I think that's I like to confuse him with the metric system. I believe a gram is golden. This is great. This, every scene in this movie has such good. This is why when you get a prestige, like, I don't say prestige director because he, he's making some. You know, even his best picture winner is not like an Academy bait movie. Really, it's kind of like a, a just a gritty crime action drama more than anything. But I like that you get somebody with this real talent, and they can just put great actors in the scene, and you don't have to overload it with all the shit. That is like, that the Nolan thing? Because Nolan gets a ton, Christopher Nolan. Yeah, yeah, he gets a ton of actors, and he doesn't have to go. Yeah, I mean, I've heard him talk about Oppenheimer and why that cast is the way it is, where he's like, I have to have Killian Murphy doing three hours of leading this movie, and he's got it's a very complex role. Because he has to understate a lot of things because he's not, it's not a showy performance. It's a scientist performance. Right. It's like, so I'm going to have him walk into every room and there'll just be one scene with like Academy Award winner Rami Malik, and the next scene will be Academy Award winner Casey Affleck. And it's like, you'll just get them for the one scene. They're great. They do their business. They move on. And it's so that, it's so that he can have support with the best people. For, and Matt Damon even said, 
He's like, yeah, I took the role. And he's, he made it very clear. He's like, everyone in this movie is here to support. You're not doing a show. You're, you're supporting this character. And that's it. Was Matt Damon the one who said he wasn't yes. acting or something? He told his wife he would take off unless Christopher Nolan called. And then he called. <laughs> and he's like, he, he didn't call me for two movies. So I thought we were safe. <laughs> oh, poor Matt Damon. Yeah, but he's great in the movie. But it's it's that prestige thing you're talking about, right? But it's also yeah, the prestige of being able to call Matt Damon and say, "I have a small role for Which you," which is what Friedkin's guy yeah, he can where you will do never it. be the focus of the movie. There, are, the movie is since you haven't seen it yet, it's mostly in color. It's in color when it's from Oppenheimer's perspective, but there are black and white scenes, and that's when it's from uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s perspective. Okay, so sometimes, usually, that's in the future. But you'll see scenes with both of them in it, and it's interesting because there's one where it's in black and white, and it's telling you explicitly, like, this is not from Oppenheimer's perspective, even though, yeah. even though it's kind of, it feels like it should be in color. And then later you see the scene again in color. Oh. Different parts of the scene. And it's yeah. like, it's such an interesting way to tell that. He does. Okay. But yeah, again, yeah. it's just like this. It's putting great actors in a room, filming them, and you don't have to put every kind of special effect and weird thing in there to, to make people care. It's like, this. the performance can be great. I think that performance horror is something that we've lost a lot of. Not in horror, period, because that's a lot of what independent horror is and why it's so good. But we've lost it in theatrical horror, especially. Believer doesn't let anything breathe. It's just got, it has good actors in it, and it overwhelms them with just noise and nonsense. That's just that's one of the problems with modern mainstream horror. Well, yeah, I'm thinking now Thanksgiving, so it was the last thing I saw, and which I think does actually give its characters a little bit more time. It than gives usual. it room to breathe, but it's a. It's not trying it's to be not, this. Right. It's not yeah. trying to be this. It's not because it's a different... The reason I bring it up is Believer was literally trying to be this. <laughs> okay. And it right. didn't understand the movie at all. It's just different. Like, what, what horror are you going for? Yeah. There's... This is, you know, this is where he finds out. Yeah, there's a little animal. Turtle. That, Turtle. That, I made one that looked exactly, well, worse than that, but my mom still has it, and it's embarrassing that it exists, this little clay-fired thing I made in, like, second grade. See, this guy, Lee J. Cobb is a great actor, and he was in On the Waterfront... He's the, the big boss at the end of the waterfront. I haven't seen that since college. He's great actor, and they this is this is what I'm talking about. This is like a director being able to get in. He has the clout to bring in a really good actor and say you're going to have like two scenes, and we're going to have you underplay everything. There's no Columbo moment here where he turns and he goes, "Oh, look what I found." He's just like, "Oh, that's cute," and you know what you know, and you know what he knows, and he doesn't let it out, and I love it. And this is where she gets the idea that her daughter may have killed. She knows right from when he says. I don't think that it would happen in the fall. I think somebody had to turn his head around and throw him out oh, the window. Think that and she's like, she knows who did it. She okay. she knows. You can see it in her face. She's like, oh, shit. But he even gets this fun little moment about the, the autograph that's oh. going to be for him. Because he's a movie fan. It all right. works. It, yeah, it all signed. He asked for it for his daughter, and she says the name, and he does. I don't know. No, no, no. He goes, I lied. It's I for don't me. Know. It's such a great delivery. Yeah, it was. See, I didn't. I was trying to figure out because uh, I lied. It's right. for me. Is he just trying to ingratiate himself to her? I no, thought it was going to go he, somewhere else. But yeah, I think he's genuinely a fan of movies and right. he's really excited to meet this movie star. I don't think he's lying here. I think he saw this movie six times. I 100 percent agree. Because the only thing I know about his character is that he likes the movies. Because nothing else happened. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't go anywhere else. It wasn't him trying to get on her good side. I think he means this too. When he says, you're a very nice lady. I think he knows she didn't do anything wrong here and that she's very scared of something. And she, she obviously he knows she le- knows more than she's letting on, but he also, there's no way in his head. He's like, your daughter killed this person. Right. And she's very sick. He suspects Carl. There's no other way around it. He brought up Carl. Carl's big enough and strong enough to be able to maybe do this. Oh, thing. you're right. He did as Carl being the accused, yeah. the Nazi yeah. accusee. Yeah. And he killed the person who accused him. If you were 
you know, on a previous episode, we talk about the remake of Psycho and how if you met Vince Vaughn, the first thing you'd say is, please come with me. <laughs> yeah. Whereas that's not true with Anthony Hopkins. See, or Anthony Perkins. In this movie, when, no, this is the best scene, but in this movie, Lee J. Cobb has no reason to suspect anybody in this movie. You would suspect Carl. Yeah, now, this is why it's great. Now we've gone full supernatural for the first time. Poltergeist. This oh, is God insanity. Fucking masturbating with a goddamn crucifix, stabbing it into herself, and somehow it gets worse. Oh God, it does. But the escalation her of face things, is yep, all cut up, and it's getting covered in blood. And she's, yep. This uh, is she, now she's let, This is where she gets yanked. You see her? Oh, yep. She got yanked for real. Ooh, that that's what I'm talking hurt. about. Yes, she did. Now, now you're seeing this crazy supernatural shit. That's cool. The door sliding across, or the chair slamming into the door. Now the dresser coming at her. Yep. All these things culminate in the turning of the head and then using Burke's voice. Oh, there it is. Yep. That it's, head turn. You know what she did? Your cunting daughter? It's so good. The escalation of that moment, it's the hardest I've ever seen a movie scene go in any genre. It's insanity. It's <laughs> it's so sudden and shocking, and it just keeps building on itself. And when I watch people who've never seen this movie see that scene, you can watch reaction videos on YouTube. Yeah, when you yeah. watch this, when you watch people see that scene, no one is prepared for because they're like, "Oh, it's an older horror movie. How bad could it be?" And they see that scene, they're like, "What the?" And fuck we just had what five minutes of a very nice conversation yep. over two cups of coffee. Yep, that's there's another great moment in that acting moment by her. When she says, you, yes, when she says, would you like another cup of coffee? And he goes, oh, please, that'd be lovely. And she got a look at her face like, oh, I don't want you here. Who, yeah. who, who takes a second cup of coffee? It's a great I'm moment. I'm just being polite. It's a great moment for both characters. He's putting her a little bit off guard, off, uh, putting her a little off on it. And then she's like, I can't believe I have to stand here and keep doing this when it's killing me. And she knows my daughter just murdered somebody. But now what happens? You need a scene like that to make her go to a priest. Yep. No collar on priest Damien today. He's lost his feet. <laughs> He's undercover. <laughs> Here's the part where he did the shrink. Yeah, he was a priest first. Right. Yeah. And then he became a shrink. Yeah. Because they put him through school. And now he lists all the famous places he went. He's trying to show off no, how smart I, he is. No, he has to do it because you want they want you to know that he's the biggest expert she's going to talk to on this subject. And his first reaction is, yeah, we don't do that. Like, that's, a, that's why you have to do it. Show off. Yeah, he's showing up. Well, she's already, already obviously into him. Obviously. She's been hanging around, creeping on him. She's up in the old Loomis factor. Yeah. Loomis or Burstyn <laughs> or Myers. We got a new we, one. We got to add, add her in. Uh, spoiler alert. It's almost never Burstyn. No. Maybe just this once. <laughs> this is, yep, this is about the only one. So perhaps it's just, just Loomis and Myers. For now. We'll, we'll get back to 2024. We'll have a Halloween 2 one for sure, so we can play some Loomis or Myers. Oh, that game sounds so fun. We're not going to wait till October either. There's a, there's 13 Halloween movies. We have plenty of ones to get to. <laughs> and he's in like five of them, so we'll get some. We'll get five good Loomis or Myers movies. Uh, I'll tell you what, we get the five. It's almost always Loomis. Yeah. You know what? I saw something online where they were looking who would be your... Not, nothing to do with Loomis. I'm jumping. You know, I'm not even going to bother because I'm watching this movie. See, he's like, how, first of all, how do you even know that word? Oh. Like, he's stunned that she brought it up. But she's also, also like, yeah, it's not done. And his reasoning for why it's not done is perfect. We know a lot more about mental health yeah, now. That was the official Catholic Church, you know, but policy. Isn't it, isn't it just fun to look back at this for the time that it's in? And we're advanced enough that they know about mental health but also you go to the hospital and they're just going to strap you down with a metal clamp and then bang things into your face. 
And we, again, we also don't, we know that that's not the problem. So it's just even worse as torture. You know, that's what I mean about how sometimes these, the time periods of movies are made and just make them eternally better because that shit with the hospital is only going to get scarier as time goes on. Oh, yeah, as we distance ourselves from. One day we'll all just be able to walk into a thing that'll scan us real quick and never touch it. And then we'll look back at this and go, what the fuck? Which one was the undiscovered cunt? No. Yeah, that was six. Yeah. When they go back in time and Bones has got these, like, they drill holes in your head back there. Of course, you're talking about four. Mm, You're talking about Voyage Home. Uh, That's the one I meant. There be whales here. (laughs) There are your nuclear vessels. And then you see that lady again when... uh, they're leaving. He's like, oh, yeah. he gave me a pill and I grew a new kidney. <laughs> <laughs> we got to do a Star Trek 4 watch along. It's a good one. Did you know that in the, the scene in that movie where they're on the bus and the, the guys, the With punks the playing, box. yeah, that they brought that same actor back for a, an episode of Discovery where they travel back to now in San Francisco, or I don't know if it's San Francisco, but now, and the guy's on the bus playing the music. And and, and the one girl goes, can you turn that down? And she, he kind of grabs his neck and goes, yeah, no problem. <laughs> he's like, he's like, I just like that song. It's pretty great. That's uh, fantastic. There's your Star Trek update. All right, so now the priest is coming home. Damon is coming back to meet Reagan for the first time. Yes, and we're an hour and 20 minutes or right. so into the movie. We've had nothing but build-up, increasingly worse build-up and getting to know the characters. We talked before about how horror is very much like comedy, where you need the setups and the punchlines and really good comedies will give you a lot of good punchlines got a good good setups this movie's been slowly building them from you're gonna die up there and pee in yourself to attacking the guy the psychiatrist the trying to uh, the hypnotist to that explosion of the last scene now we just keep getting faster and faster punchlines right you're right the pacing on it Mm -hmm. it just it builds into a, a, a fever and I, I think that helps because that was pretty goddamn extreme as our launch pad into this. Launch pad McQuack. <laughs> but it doesn't, Gizmo, what was the, oh, what was the one with the wheels? Oh, there was a duck. Oh, God damn oh, it. Gizmo duck? Gizmo duck, yes. Seems like you. you had all the words right there. <laughs> it was right there. Gizmo, you know, the duck. What's his name? So close. But yeah, it, it just it's not necessarily worse than that scene, but it's nonstop from here on out. Yes, it's just further, quicker and quicker punchlines. And that's what, you know, a great comedy would do, and that's what a great horror movie does. Also, some of the best effects, her makeup is incredible. Oh, yeah. The fact that she's tied to the bed, she's taunting him. Yep, there's the voice from the guy that he passed by earlier in the movie. Yep, the hobo that he has no use for. Which is the moment where I'd be like, oh, she's possessed. <laughs> like, he, he holds off on this a little bit longer than I would. Well, it's it, he's given us what the the viewpoint is. He's showing you that it really is nothing. If your priest is doing such due diligence, like it's really a demon. Well, his job is to be suspicious of it, suspect of it. I guess is better because is. this is a extreme thing to even go to the church and say, "Hey, I think this person is possessed." Although when he says it to them, they're just like, huh, "Okay, let's get somebody in on this." We got a guy. Oh, is that the pea soup? Yeah, and they didn't tell him it was coming. Oh, so that's a real reaction when she vomits. Doesn't it all look of, like a real reaction? It did. Just like, it kind of looked like, who does it remind me? Ellen Burstyn getting yanked somewhere. I'm not saying that William Freakin isn't correct. I'm saying he's a psychopath, although he's passed away now. Unfortunately, before so the Exorcist you're Believer. You're saying he was a psychopath. Yeah, unfortunately, he passed away before the Exorcist Believer came out because he notoriously has no problem tearing into bullshit he hates in this franchise. And he called out all the other ones? Yeah, I guess so. And. He never got to see this because he wanted nothing to do with it. I think he even mentioned like that guy 
they did the Halloween movie came and he's gonna remake my movie and or do a sequel to my movie and he asked me to be involved. I told him to fuck off. <laughs> like that's that's what William Friedkin is was. He had no problem, and I, I, the movie's so bad that I wish I wish he'd have made it long enough to be like I have a review of Exorcist Believer for you. I bet because I went to the Universal Studios when I was down in Florida. I went to that house that was the Halloween. It was the Exorcist Believer house. I bet you every single thing was a set piece from the movie. Probably. Now I, you know, I kind of want to watch the movie. Was there a person tied, the girl tied to a chair, like vomiting up on the ceiling? Yep. Yep. All right. That was the big finale, I think, of the room. That was the big finale of the movie, Pete. They had no idea. <laughs> oh my, that was the finale of the movie? They had no idea. Oh, my. It's, it's a very bad movie. Oh, boy. The likelihood of me seeing it keeps getting less and less every time you talk love, about it. I love that line. I love the even the look on his face where it's like, there are no experts. Where he's, She's like, can't we just do this? He's like, nobody can do this. Oh, she's talking about the exorcism? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just love the, the, he gets like this stunned look on his face like, there are no experts. Because she's like, aren't you supposed to be the expert? Who's going to be the expert on this? There is one. He's in Woodstock right now, shredding with Jimi Hendrix. Nope, too yep. late. Shredding with Jim Morrison. Nope, too late. <laughs> uh, ooh, who's the other James one? Joplin. Thank you. How did you know? Get out of my mind, Charles. <laughs> this plastic prison won't hold me forever. <laughs> I say that wait, a lot. Wait, are we both Magneto? <laughs> I think so. No, I was a juggernaut. My favorite thing in the X-Men movies, and there's some really good ones, my favorite moment is how dumb they knew the line was to have to name him in first class. So they just lean all the way into it. And Jennifer Lawrence points up and, says, and you should be Magneto. Cause they're like, there's no way out of it. There's no way. We're not going to make it sound stupid. Let's just go all the way with it. And I really appreciate the choice. That's why she's an Oscar winner. It's a great choice. I like to, where he's like, did she, did Reagan know that my mother died? And she's like, no, how would she? And he's like, does she know that you talk to a random homeless person who said exactly that line? He's just chasing down all the clues. It's due well, diligence. It's, if this is real, then all the things he's been struggling to believe in are probably real, too. That's the silver lining for him. Yeah, but he knows. You know, it's funny, right? Because that's true. That's logical. Yeah. But that being said, his faith isn't there, and he knows he needs it to fight it. If it if it's true, he needs it, and he doesn't have it anymore. If he walked that too, but also if he walked into that room to meet her f- with full faith, like Father Dyer or someone else in the movie, he'd probably be quick to believe it. He can't. Uh, he's not going to believe it because he doesn't believe in anything right well, now. When um, what's his face? Sidow gets here. Does he believe right away, or is he? Skeptical? Yeah, he knows. No, he oh. knows. He knows what it is. He knows. Because it's his arch nemesis. He's been fighting it. They said the last one took months and almost killed him. He's been fighting it forever. But I love okay, this look on his face. He's, this is a man who's like struggling now, almost reverse with his faith. Because his faith's going to be restored in the worst way possible. <laughs> like, what do you mean? So his faith. His faith. He's, he's, right faith, now, he's just doing the communion thing. Yeah, right? but he's got a dead look on his face where okay. he's just like going through the motions, and he's just like, I don't know what to do here because he's starting to believe again, but not in the good of it, in the horribleness of it. Okay. So this is how he's going to have to learn that, that his faith is justified, is that he's going to have to see a little girl get tortured and the worst thing he's ever seen and be mocked and tortured by it himself. That's how he's going to discover that his faith is, is right. But he's like right now, he's like, oh, shit, I hope it's not real. Like He's gone from fearing it's gone to hoping it's gone. Okay. All right. So now he's back here with Reagan. He's setting up a tape recorder. Yep. Which looks like the size of a small suitcase. That's what I love about this. This I think you make this movie ten years later. It's not as good. 
Well, they do it. It's just a little hand. I like it when they open, she opens the drawer on him. I love it. And then I love it. He closes and says, do it again. She's like, in time. Yeah, she refuses yep. to just keep that thing going. But we all know she's a demon. Yeah, because we've seen Reagan before. Right. They haven't. He hasn't. If he met Reagan before this, he'd be like, oh, shit. I know, but it's just keeping that mystery for him. It's him trying to figure this out. Guess she should have invited him to some of her parties. <laughs> or, no. or just had Father Dyer come to be like, holy shit, that's not her. Do you speak any foreign languages? No, but the subtitles told me it just said speaking in foreign language. That's what I heard, too. Or saw red, too. <laughs> exactly. Speaking Latin. I never learned Latin. <laughs> Who would? It's a dead language. I feel like people do. Church people. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> this is him hitting her with his bottle of holy water. Regular water. Well... The demon thinks it's regular it's water, holy repeat. water. It's always regular water. No, I've got some holy water upstairs. Oh, really? In case I, the vampires come? And, can, and you know what it's next to? Pete, how'd they get in the house? I have a welcome mat out front. Is that enough? I don't think so. Well, it keeps happening, so clearly <laughs> it's enough. Oh, no. But oh, got, no. I got my holy water, don't worry, and I got garlic all over. I don't know if you noticed, I have brooms over my doors, too. Is that a thing? I don't know. I hung them up for Halloween and never took them down. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think there's a thing about vampires not entering doors with brooms over them. Well, they might get hit in the head with a broom if they don't, you know, I don't want them there that Notorious night. vampire killer. But anyway, up next to my holy water, honest to God, I got a bunch of silverware, like real silver, because my father keeps giving it to me. So now I'm ready for werewolves and vampires. Hmm. I just need a stake of wood. What keeps a swamp guy away? Decapitation. I've got a samurai sword up there, too. Is it the same one from high school? Yes, it's the same one from high school. All right. I'm all set. What keeps demons away? Ouija boards. All right, I should definitely go get a Ouija board. I'm going to go get a couple Ouija boards. I had a friend who had a Ouija board. I always know you're lying when you start this. In middle school. There's a guy I used to hang out with. His, you said the guy in middle school? Oh, yeah. Like four or five guys. <laughs> wow. Like just all guys all the time. But it was, he had a Ouija board that he was terrified of. His mom kept hiding it in his room, like under his bed or in his closet. Because <laughs> she's like, Parker Brothers makes it. What's wrong with you? I don't know why you didn't spend your children, especially Sam's childhood, just getting like a creepy clown and hiding it all over his room. They hate clowns a lot. Who doesn't? Somebody, you know, we had to watch the Macy's Day Parade on Thanksgiving. <laughs> I like you said that like you were in school and you were like, we had to watch this. Like, you're a grown adult, man. You could have not watched the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. <laughs> Kitty, Kitty made us do it and now I make myself do it. I'm like, oh, we got to turn on the parade at whatever time in the morning. But there were clowns for no reason and it was uncomfortable the entire time they were there. Oh, like, settling the argument of whether there are clowns in it. Oh, we had are. during Thanksgiving. I don't remember. Yeah, you said, why are there clowns there? And she's like, there are clowns in the Macy's oh, Day right. Parade. And then she made you watch it and pointed it out. You're right, 100%. And it's like, whatever they were doing was cool. I just feel they could, like, there's a better outlet than being a clown. Yeah. Like, if you want to juggle, go juggle. Just don't dress up. Some people juggle geese. Some people do. Baby geese. Goslings. They were juggled. They were juggled. <laughs> Even that reference is 20 years old now. <laughs> so now, now we got Damien saying, hey, that water I sprinkled, it wasn't real holy water like Pete has upstairs. It's fake stuff. Straight from the tap. Spoiler alert, all of it's from the tap. <laughs> Not mine. Mine came from, I don't know where. Well, mine came from the river. Take me to it. No, not again. <laughs> that she admitted she killed Burke Dennings. 
It's in confession. She asked about that earlier, too. Or was it her or the detective? Uh, the, no, the detective asked if he would give it up. Yeah. If he was told in confession. And then... He said he would not. They had a little tete-a-tete about it. He's like, well, I could order you to do it. And he's like, I'd say it was a confession. I wouldn't tell you. And it's like, good for you. And then he but says, think, you think, look more like Salminio. I think that's the answer the cop wanted, to be honest. He wanted right. to know he was dealing with a trustworthy person, so that if he did tell him something, that he would be able to believe it. Oh, okay. Oh, this is the part. They're listening to the recording, and they realize it's backwards. Yes. It's English backwards. Good enough we, for me, because I can't do it. Right. <laughs> this is the part where he calls out Marin. Right? You were talking about it earlier. I think it's when, when he's listening to it at his house here. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right here. Well, same scene, pretty much. Literally a different scene. Yeah, he's still sitting there mopey looking. Fear the priest. Marin, there it is, yeah. But he doesn't know that name means nothing to him. Oh, yeah, that's right. I didn't. Oh, that's right. I knew that when I watched it, too. And the demon is already claiming to be the devil. Yes. Great, great jump scare <laughs> With the just for ringing. audio. It's a great moment. Yep, terrifying to him. Who's calling? I forgot. Someone's calling him. Her assistant, because uh, Regan's trying to scrawl in her own body to help me. Oh, yeah. It's like coming internally, like a brand or something. Yep. Which she's smart enough to write in reverse so that it comes out correctly. Yeah. It's like red rum. What's that mean? Mm, I think it's a not gold rum, not Did you come up with his little rum? little friend yet? No. Winky. His little Winky. He lives in his finger, I know that. Billy? No. Bobby? Yes, it wasn't Billy, it was Bobby. George. Henry. Clyde. You can name everybody. Jeff. All the names I can think of. The podcast. Boy, this is it where they, she's completely different looking. And when they first open up her shirt, it's just this emaciated, like weird looking body. And you see these bubbles start to form. And then it says, How did you know that was happening with both her shirt on and it hasn't appeared? That was the question I was leading to with this is what, is it just something that comes and goes? I'm guessing that's what it is. Yeah. Like exposure to air makes it pop up. No, I'm guessing that that she's repeatedly sending it out there. And the de- she's all cut up and her face all messed up because the demon's just torturing her. And That's why they have to strap her down. It's for her yeah. own protection. And any chance, not just whatever deformity she's doing, the demon hurts her. So now we get where Damien, this is where he hears about Marin, right? No, he's not in the room when they bring it up. Oh, that's right. The head priest here goes and talks to somebody else. Yes, he talks you know, to the ac- an actual priest, that uh, it, one of the advisors. For somebody who saw this movie last night, I am continuously surprised <laughs> what's happening. That's why my reaction to your, I don't know if we can do the recording, I haven't watched Exorcist yet, and I said, I think it's going to go exactly the same way. <laughs> hey, look at you. You should have pissed on the floor after that prediction. See, oh no, he's, okay, yeah, so he doesn't, no, he brings it up to the other guy, because the other guy's the one who brings it up, so he leaves first, kisses his ring and leaves. Yeah, that's a weird thing. Yeah, it is a weird thing. <laughs> like, I'm not going to lie. Wait till you hear what they make the children do. <laughs> so this guy's an actual priest again. It's the same guy that we met earlier. And he's he's told this, and he's like nonchalant. Like, what about Lancaster Marin? Yeah, he's like, <laughs> yeah, we got a guy. We got a guy. We know someone. Yes. He's at Woodstock with Janis Joplin. Lancaster's a name they don't use anymore. Lancaster? Lancaster. 
Yeah, you're right. I've never heard anybody else named that except for I've never Father heard anyone Mary. except him. You're right, Woodstock. They just confirmed it for you. I knew it was Woodstock once I remember what it was. Woodstock was that little bird what hung out with Snoopy. Yes, it was. Oh, thank you. See, this I is know. the second Peanuts reference we've had, not on the podcast, but the second time it's come up today after not talking about Peanuts for almost 30 full years. <laughs> it's true. I got Peanuts. Oh, that's a lie. Kitty just tried to steal my Peanut m M&M. and Tony. Tony? That was the name of his finger? Tony. Mm, oh, that's right. Anthony. I forgot. Tony and Captain Howdy. I would have never gotten to Tony. Well, eventually, if I kept naming all the names I know, I would have hit on it, but I would have never thought that. Red Rom. I I remember that. You know what? I wish that there was a like a turn to camera here and he just goes, Oh shit, here we go again. No, he doesn't want to do that. No, I know. I know. Look at his faces he didn't want to do it, but I, right. I would think it'd be great if he just turned and goes, Oh shit. That's more of a, a Bruce Campbell Ash. And this is the famous arrival scene. No. One of the most famous images in film history. Is it in the poster? Yes. Okay. Because I couldn't remember if this was the actual poster shot, him standing in the doorway there and... Standing by the light. Right, with the fog all over. It's, uh, it's pretty much, I think, the, the image that sold the movie. Okay. I used to get this confused with the fog, the boxes or the pictures. Yeah. Because it seems similar. Oh, the demon knows who's here. Look yep. at her. I love it. She's already, or it's already, whatever. And I'm 42 years old. <laughs> he does not look 40. No, they made the makeup. Well, look, I've seen Damn. pictures of what he looked like when they were shooting the movie. Yeah. He, yeah, he looked very young. Younger than we, he looked younger at 42 than we do. Look at so. that, the demon's calling him out right away The demon, yep. as soon as he walks in. I like that Damien's got his collar back on. Well, it's professional time. Right. Suit up. No more after the clock. <laughs> No, this is what's crazy though. When you just narratively, I haven't seen this dude since Iraq. You forget he's in the movie, and he's like a linchpin to the, the, the climax of the movie. And it's like, where did you come from? What? <laughs> well, that's like uh, what's his face, Van Helsing in Dracula, right? He doesn't I, show up. Maybe I think you hear about him near the beginning. But I wonder in the book if like there are more scenes of Marin interstrewn throughout chapters of the book that are just like following whatever he's doing. Oh. I wonder, because it's interesting in the movie, you don't see you're him right. again at all, but it just feels like that wouldn't happen. Uh, but, but I'm thinking of the way screenplays go, and you're right. Yeah. Like it doesn't, you no, you can take it out. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. And I'm thinking back to other things that I've read and seen them translated. I bet you're right. Yeah. I think it's better without it, but yeah. I like, you know, I, I would wonder if there is more stuff in there. But I think they covered this, I love, it This is one of my favorite moments. This is maybe my favorite moment in the movie. What? I'll let you in on the different uh, personalities. There seem to be three. Just that's what there's only one. It's so. It's oh. so. I am the. You are the Padawan. I am the Jedi I Master. Am the Let's go. It's like the thing's been lying to you the whole time. It is one demon. I know this demon. Let's go get this demon. And they go, and it it it's a uh, shit. No, it's just the long process here, right? The, then they take a break. Yeah, this is the. This, this is, is the, the real the only time you really see them do the exorcism. Yeah, this is the attempt at the You're right, because the second time you don't. Yep. You follow Damien when he's he leaves. You get to my favorite my favorite thing that happens in the movie, if you heard it last night, when he grabs Reagan and starts beating the shit out of her. When he pulls her to the ground, she makes a noise. It's like, oh 
it's so <laughs> when he yanks her, the demon just makes a oh. It's so every time it cracks me up. It is. Oh. It's a very muppety sound for no reason at all. And you I don't love need it. it. You don't need it. But it's you know great. what? I don't know why. Maybe it's the company. it's it's a demon being a demon. I love it. I also like. I mean, maybe we should save it for when it happens. But I like that when he enters the room and Marin's dead, that uh, Pazuzu there is not celebrating or anything at first. He's just sitting there, like, like, like staring at Bored it. Like, now. But like, no, but like, like, like an admiration and respect. Is that the? Look? I think so. All right, I think, I'll have to pay attention like, this like, time. Like, a, oh, it finally got him. I, like, it's it's happy that it died, obviously. Right. But he's not. She's not yet celebrating the fact. She's more just sitting there, like quizzical about it. Like, huh. I, you know, I guess we're done. Like, we've been doing this forever. And I don't know what to do with my life now. And then she giggles at him, and that's when she gets cranky and goes, oh. <laughs> I like how foul-mouthed yes. Reagan as the demon is, too. Just everything is cocksucker this, fuck me that. Yeah, it's, it's shocking in a good way. Yeah. Because we met this little girl. She would never talk like in that. In a million years. No, she, they legitimately have a conversation about relationships that is as Disney as it could possibly be. I'm like, you love him, don't you? You're going to marry him. And now she's like, stick your cock up her ass. I'm like, what the fuck? That last scene where she's ranting and raving as they pray with the smoke coming out of her, her mouth from the side is yeah. really cool. This is such good shit. Just back. So again, just the vulgarity. This is why you could never make this movie again. And they've tried. And now the bed starts to levitate. Because that is, what do you do in these exorcism movies that hasn't been done mm-hmm. right here? Back You're not going to have better ideas. Right. Well, a couple of them, like you said, thinking outside the box now. Mm-hmm. The bed shaking, then when she full-on goes up. Mm. What did that first scientist say? Why was the bed shaking? It was, uh, no, he said that the, she said the bed was shaking. Didn't you see it? And he's like, the problem is in your bed. Her bed, it's in her brain. Oh, that's right. And then he crosses his arms like, stupid woman, telling me what's what. That's right. That's how you show that you know more. You yes. cross those You cross arms. those arms. I just wonder what he would say now when the bed floats all the way up. Yeah, he's, like, this is the thing about, we've talked before about how older movies have restraint. If that movie was made today, that guy would have had his head turned around in, in camera like, I killed that guy. Oh, because you need to have these closure doctors, and payoff. For... These doctors would have been massacred. You have to have that happen. But it's better when you don't. No. Because Pete, the horse still out there. These doctors are still out there giving this advice. I think it was in the Harry Potter stuff. Umbridge is the most hated because she's one of the teachers. You lost me. (laughs) She's one of the teachers there. And Pete's just the teacher. Yeah, yeah. See, you're back. You lost me. You lost me. Well, I had you there for a second. It was nice. She's the most hated, even more than Voldemort himself. (gasps) He should not be named. Uh, He who should not be named because she is just that awful teacher that everyone had that bureaucratic piece of shit who just continues to be miserable low grade miserable to everybody just like the oh the tongue coming out of reagan i saw those last two harry potter movies which is really the last book split in two yeah i never saw them and you know ray fines plays voldemort he who must not be named and i'm watching it and i'm like i get it because you're a good actor and you're doing what's in the page but like this isn't a villain I watched this dude play the Nazi in Schindler's List. I'm like, that's a fucking villain. <laughs> like, it's it, it's weird to me. Like, what what we think is villains, even yeah, though we live well, in a world where we know what villains are. <laughs> well, it's a kids thing, right? That's is how it? it? It seems like the whole thing is a little bit weird. Eh, well, because it aged up with kids, started it could, yeah, as a kids. And this book, was the yeah. last book, so it yeah. gets darker. I, I appreciate that about it. it. Just seems like 
I feel like the worst thing that happens in that whole series is that like a different character kills the little Dobby guy. That's the worst thing. I, I guess it was a big part. I Doesn't was more it seem upset. like the most emotionally impactful moment of the series? Uh, when Voldemort kills his owl. I don't that, know what you're talking about. That was at the very beginning. Of what? Uh, the Seven? last, the last, oh. yeah, the very beginning of time. <laughs> Let there be light. Hey, Voldemort, stop killing my owl. I don't remember. You didn't read the Bible? I didn't read. No, nope, that's one of the books I have not read. Believe All right. I read that one and Revelations. Those are the two passages you read? I think one was like a book. All yeah, the, when they say book, they just, it, it's not a separate book. I believe that it is, sir. You, it is not. You famously don't read, so oh, she, I think. she dropped an F word in there, not the F, not the fuck word. It was a I bunch. Didn't, I didn't, I never caught that before. What did she, she say? You know, the, the Gaysler. Oh, really? I never caught that before. I guess I didn't either. But seeing it spelled out in front of you, just snap your eyes right to it. Somehow I never caught it audibly. And for some reason, it was like shocking. (laughs) I saw your your eyes, your body jumped up. You were visibly startled. All kinds of things to shock you, and she got me. She finally got me. Here we go with the slow spin. Yeah, it has a great ending because he has to go amen at the end, and it's like, that's fucking great. Yep. You had the... The quick spin last time. This Love. one's the full 360. This is, a, unlike uh, Sleepaway Camp, this is a masterfully edited movie, because that timing on that Amen was perfect. Yep. <laughs> Wait, you, you dunking on Sleepaway Camp? Yeah, well, we, we, people have already heard that episode. Both of the times we brought it up. Love the movie, but there are problems with it. Um, yeah, it wasn't long enough. This is great. Just the simplicity of the white eyes works so much better now than somehow than when they do, or, well, you know, in '73 than when they do it now. Look at that levitation. Yeah, I don't know how they did it. They, they do it in. It, it's a staple of every exorcism movie. But how is it better than this? It's not. This is right. the best one. I don't know why I'm arguing with you, and I'm so angry. You agree with me? I saw like this shot here is like a black and white photo. I think I've seen that set photo. Oh, where the. Well, I'm sorry. No, just, just just her levitating there. It's the creepiest photo of all. Like this movie is good even in still photograph. I believe that. Sorry, just when he threw the holy water and the cut opens up on her calf, that caught me off guard. I wasn't ready for it. It got me last night too. Yeah. Did it again. That's just good special effecting. I like too when uh, I've seen that black and white picture. It's it's so effective. Yep. I like too that when Karis uh, is going to try to strap her down and he gets. You know, knocked out by her, and Mara just doesn't stop, and he, just, he finds new people to compel her. Like it is God Himself commands you. It is, it is yep. the martyrs command you. I was like, he just keeps going and he keeps finding more people. I was like, dude, your friend's knocked out here. He knows what's what. He I know. I love time it. to stop. I do too. I always like the person who's who's in charge there to fight. Like I, I, there were somebody anytime like those um Conjuring movies when Patrick Wilson shows up to yes to fight the bad demon. I'm like, yeah, I like the people with knowledge coming. The majestic Christ will command you. He's just like, yeah, you might want to check on your buddy here in a second. Nope. He knows. Oh. You got anything to say, uh, Father Marin? No, no. Okay. Got if the son break, command you. If you break the ritual, then you got to start all over again. It's true. He knows. If Marin or Damien can't keep up, he's got to stay down. Stay out of the way. There's a lot of things commanding her. I only read two of the Bible books. I would have been done long before him. The demon would have got away. See the Pazuzu statue again in a second. This is a great shot too. When she about to pop up here, yeah. Oh, just her out there silhouette there with Pazuzu behind her. Yep, yep. That's what they call big dick energy that Pazuzu has. (laughs) 
this, there's never been a better exorcism scene than that. Oh, no. So it's just a pause now because Damien's out and we got Marin. What? They take timeouts or she just collapses? She's like, Let, let's take a break before we begin again. Yeah. Is that what she says? That's what he says. But the demon's untied now. He's just subdued her. I don't know the rules of exorcism. No, he tied her hands together. She's not strapped to the bed anymore, but he tied her hands together. And then she got up and axe handled him. Yeah. The double axe handle to the head. Oh, no, because Marin stays. It's just Damien who leaves, right? They both leave. Oh, and then he tells Marin to st- or Damien to stay. They both leave. I mean, yeah. We're going to watch it happen. Well, I want to know now. They both leave. They, uh, Marin goes to the bathroom to take his pills. Damien goes in alone and sees his mother and then gets, the, oh, she completely right, gets, right. Uh, I'm there now. I the demon wait. completely gets to him and he says, get out. And then he goes downstairs and Marin has a heart attack and dies. And he finds his strength to come in and fight it. And then he finds the demon there and he giggles and then he goes, oh, <laughs> It's my favorite thing in the whole fucking day. I remember when I had my wisdom teeth removed, and you came over the next day. Oh, yeah. And we were playing the Fantastic Four, I think, for the Super Nintendo, and every time Mr. Fantastic used his power, which was to become big, people would bounce off of him. And I believe, do you remember what the sound effect it's like was? A boing! Or something Whip. like that. Whip. That's right. It was perfectly timed, though. I laughed this, every this time. This scene cut out a line that's in the extended oh, version. Extended cut. That is incredible, where... Instead of just having that brief, because it's weird. He says, they just sit down for a second. He goes, if you'll excuse me, and he goes to the bathroom. There's a line there where Damien's like staring at the ground and he goes, I don't understand why her, why this girl. And without looking at him, Marin says, I think the point is to make us despair, to make us believe God couldn't possibly love us. It's a great, perfect line for where both people are in their story, in their arcs. And they cut it. And it's weird that they cut it because it's a, it doesn't take more than a second. No, and it's like you said, it's not the spider walk. No, it doesn't. It, it seems to add a lot more. Loved it. It's one of my favorite lines in the movie, but it's not actually in the movie. Okay. I like that Damien's going in there alone. Like, what does he think he's going to do? Why does he do that? Well, I think he goes in there to check on her, like to, you know, because she's vomiting up all the time and, and this so, is the good shit. Oh, yeah, it is creepy with her sitting there in the bed, his mother. She looks insane. The music intensifies. Is it the tubular things? No. The tubular tubes. Tubular bells. The bellular tubes. That's one of the things they stuck in her at the hospital. <laughs> Looked like. Now she's back to being Reagan. Yeah, but not in voice. She's nope. about to this is about to go for the, the kill here. Dimmy, why you I have to wait till she does it. <laughs> I've got ahead of myself. You can't Dimmy, do that. why you do this to me? So good. Oh, that's some Salminio level acting he's doing too right now. It's really good. His you totally buy that this thing has cracked him. Yep. It knows your weakness. And it do, it it takes zero seconds for Marin to figure it out too. Yeah, you got to go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you, she's out to you. Like you're not doing well here. No, you're the opposite of a help, sir. I like his his yell that she's got here. You're not my mother. I love the way he does it. It's a great performance. That's his own guilt. She's really attacked him at the thing that could get him the most, and he knows it. And he's failed in his faith because what she's saying is is right. He says he's like she'll lie, but she'll mix the lies with the truth. 
and she knows like yeah maybe the mother never would have said this if she if she could talk to him now but she would have said it before she died because mm-hmm. she did <laughs> like, that's why it's that's, so haunting he's an empty shell now as he's walking out of the room yep nothing oh but look and he's ashamed yeah and he's a failure and this is like this is the most important moment of his life and he failed it this was his chance well he's gonna find a different way it's it's pretty cool that the way this ends honestly because at this point in the movie you're like how does this end (laughs) like they're just gonna exercise in quotes the demon is just she's gonna become normal and things are gonna disappear like there's no ending on the horizon that makes any sense which is one of the problems that other movies have is how do they end they end with like, oh, how do they end? Oh, the child's clear now, and then at the end, there's probably a hint that it's not, and like oh, that's how they always end. The jump scare at the end. This one's like, what if I grab that little girl, she beat the shit out of her, <laughs> and it's like that's <laughs> the road less traveled for a movie that has been patient and decisive in all of its actions. It is the most is the only really like except for what the demon does. The only action that the priests or the doctors or the mother or anybody in a position of not being the demon in this movie makes that is completely heated and just based on passion of the moment. <laughs> and it's the one that works. Uh, so much for I your books, dis- so much for your technology, so much for your faith. Good thing he's a boxer. That's true. I didn't even put that together until oh, now. I did. I thought of that. I don't remember what it was like for me, though, the first time I saw it. I'm trying to think back to, did I wonder how it was going to end? Was so, that anywhere on my mind? So he came full circle on this. He tried using his priesthood. It didn't work. He tried using psychology. It didn't work. He used his boxing, and it worked. Took him back to the beginning. <laughs> let that be the lesson. That is the lesson I'm taking from it. Use your, let your fists do the talking, and violence is the answer. If you think someone's a demon, beat the shit out of them. That sounds like horrifying advice. I've seen it work one out of one time. Well, my kids, they're little demons. Beat the shit out of them. <laughs> All right, kitty. You oh. heard it. <laughs> if they make that noise, I'll have no choice. I'm going to have to turn it up when it comes up to it. It's, it's too great. I don't know if the mics will catch it, but I want to hear it. Oh, man. It's going to be an impressive display if you this try is to time it. Perfect moment of when he where finds Damien's, his strength to come in. Oh, where he's sitting outside defeated. Yes. And then she says, is she going to die? And he just thinks, No. It's like, because he's not going to let it happen, because he's lost everything. It's such a great moment. And he's got nothing, so he's finding his own way to commit suicide. That's so good. And now he's got to go. This is this is Brody looking in the water in Jaws. Got to go face it all. But he's not cool like Brody. Karis is pretty fucking cool. Does he win? Yes. In fact, does he, he does. live? Uh, no. But I consider living a term of victory. Oh, you like, you like uh, soldiers that don't get captured? <laughs> Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> yeah, as a matter of fact. Well, <laughs> yes, I do. I wonder who it is, because I forgot about your character for a while. <laughs> oh, and Why? he's grouchy. Why the sad face? It's Detective Dimmy. What's his, Detective Movie. Demi, why you look like this, Demi? Oh, Marin's dead. Yes. Reagan is sitting, but I'm look, looking. She's looking, she's not doing anything. No. She's free, and she's like, she's more interested in the situation than you'd think because yep. she i think she respected him because they fought see i don't see respect in her she's casually leaning back i think she's just entertained like what's next no i think she's she's like huh oh there then now she looks blank well i gotta do this she's gonna giggle and grab him i gotta do it all right i'm listening i'm talking but i'm listening Marin's dead you can't see 
<laughs> it's amazing. It was worth it. I don't know if it caught it, but it was worth it. It was fantastic. I think it might have caught it. <laughs> I love it. Now she's going to pull off his protection that's there. That's the necklace I didn't even catch. You pointed it out to me that that's his protection, and then he offers it to Ellen Burstyn at the end. He's or not him, because he's dead right us. now. He's calling I like for this it right here when he wakes up. And he fights it off. This is the yep. moment that his faith is redeemed. Yep, he's he's invited into himself. He turns, and he's about to kill Reagan, the girl, who he just, I guess, jumped bodies. Which we just learned, by the way, that uh, he can jump as far as he, that person was thrown. So I think that we know that it's okay. No, see, I think that court, right? He just no. jumped out the window that Bert was thrown what, out of. At what point does the detective start thinking of all the paperwork he's going to have to fill out? <laughs> if, I, if it's me, I see, I look outside, I see a dead priest over here. I see a dead priest down there. I'm just slowly backing out of this apartment. We're really piling up in here. Yep, I would be like, gotta go. Now Reagan's back. She's no longer bloated and white, and there's an old. She's no longer uh, unattractive, so we can love her again. Is the <laughs> is lesson that, is of that the way. lesson of this? She didn't go to her until she looked normal. Let your fist do the talking. When's the last Violence time? is the answer. When's the last time you saw Ellen Burstyn interact with that daughter in a, in a physical way? It's been a while. And don't be an uggo. I always thought this. This always horrified me that he was still alive. Oh, right here at the end. And you could see him like. You know, yeah. Do you want to yeah. make a confession? He's with it. Yeah, like doing the what are the last rites? Yeah, it's so much worse that he's alive and can hear him at this moment. But he's a demon. No, he fought off the demon. That's the thing. The demon oh. goes. Oh, who knows where the demon goes? It's probably inside of him. I think the way you're supposed to interpret it is that it dies because it dies inside of him. Yeah, yeah. That's but, the way I took it. But that's not how demonology works. It'll be back because Marin's fought it and defeated it before, and it comes right. back. But he got it out of that little girl. That okay? Sorry, yeah. That is, I I never thought that the demon was done because it can just yeah. keep hopping bodies. It does, yeah. It doesn't happen to anybody here. So this is where okay, this is where this doesn't have the scene. In this scene, she's gonna take the necklace. Ellen Burstyn. Yeah, Ellen Burstyn's gonna take. Well, here's her assistant doing the smartest things. Things she should have done months ago. Where where the uh, Ellen Burstyn asks her if she wants to come with them. Yeah, you sure won't change your mind. He's like, fuck oh, no. no. The I liked your kid, but remember the whole Ugo thing? Carl, Carl though, still with it. Of course he is. He, you know, Burke might have been right. He's got nerves of steel. I'm this guy. Let's, let's do some math on this. Uh, yeah, I guess he would have been right. Yeah, I guess he would have been right because this would have been thirty years past World War II, and he's like a seventy-year-old man. He could have been right in the midst. Of, he probably was. Look at he's so calmly accepting of like this is what work is like. No wonder he killed Burke. Burke knew. I think the demon probably should have a line like, it wasn't me. <laughs> shaggy defense. I just got here. The 1973 Shaggy defense. That's what that song was about. Yeah. Exorcist. Saw you jumping out the window. Wasn't me. See, it works perfectly. <laughs> Almost everything does. Makes sense to me. So, yeah, she's got the Ellen Burstyn again. That, to protect, that protected okay. Because uh, until it gets ripped off, he, the demon can't enter him. Right. And then he rips it off, and that's how immediately Damien, gets, yeah, yeah, he immediately possessed. gets possessed by it. I missed that the first time through, so, and the second time, and the third time. I see people talk about this movie or read this movie, and they don't understand what this necklace is. They think it's one of these evil to totems out there that can that's no. a touch your thing. It's the opposite. It's right, protection. Right. Okay. So when she gives it to Father Dyer, it's a nice message of this was your friend. But in the extended cut... He, he holds it for a second, and he turns and opens her hand and puts it back to her and says, why don't you hold on to it, and closes her hand, which I like better. I agree. Yeah, I think that's, that's a much better ending. It's foreboding, 
And it's saying, you're going to need this. And it's, again, it's just like a small little moment that takes a second. I don't know why they cut that off. I like that, too, where she's like, she doesn't remember anything. And I believe that's true. Where Reagan does it, and she hugs, what's this she guy's sees name, the other priest? Father Dyer. Father Dyer. She sees the collar, and yep. I don't believe she remembers anything that happened there, except that she knows this she associates yeah. that with i agree so i like that it leaves it open enough like how much does she remember i don't think it's that much but, but she I remembers enough it's it's just right there she understands what good is yeah well at least her side that's what i mean this is the most pro-catholic church movie that i like by far i think because it's pretty Did the great catholic church hate this movie it seems like they would i've told you i i've read enough to think sometimes yes sometimes no depending on what they want see this is much better if he gives it back to right. her she gives him the necklace saying hey this was your dead buddies yeah. And he's like, I'll keep it. Thanks. It'll protect you wherever you're going. And that's I like that better. That he hands it back to her. Love it. In the extended. Cut. Yes. Like it better that way. I and agree. Then, this also ends with him standing, looking over the stairs. Saying, be careful. To be like, two people have already died here. Maybe I should <laughs> go the other way. I'll walk around. I'll walk around. And um, the other cut comes with him walking away and running into the police officer, the detective. Okay. And they have another joke about going to the movies together. And he does the same thing where he's like, you know, I got passes. Can I get an autograph? And he's like, who's in it? And then he makes up two people like Lucille Ball and Jackie Gleason are in it. And he's like, I've seen it. And then he looks like another one. And they walk away. And they walk away together. It's like, you had your lunch? And they walk away together. And it's like, it's a nice. Which sets up the part three. Which I'm back and forth on. I like it as a character moment, but it does. It ends the movie on too much of a, a happy note, honestly. Whereas this stark realistic realization of like everything that has happened here and then he just walks away from it is much darker and i, I kind of like that ending better well, i do too because there's just, nothing to be done it's just one of them things unlike the two parts that annoys me they pulled out those two just brief moments those are hard choices there's i have a really good scene does it make the movie better i don't know it's really good like i like that we can see it both ways Oh, you're saying that you like that it exists so you can see it? Because it's a really good scene, but I don't know that it improves the ending of the movie. I like the just walking away from the steps. I like that ending. Now, then would that scene be less important than the spider walk scene if you were to cut one of those two? I'd cut the spider walk scene. I I, I love it because it's legitimately shocked you in 2001. It was cool to have another shock, but I like... I'd like the character moment more than I like the... So you do like the second ending better than the first ending. That's not, that's not what you asked me. But if, if that's asked me what which you ending did. would you like better, I would have picked Well, that's one. part of it. You've now changed the whole movie. You've cut out the spider part, but kept the new ending. Okay. So you want the spider part or the original ending? Oh. <laughs> All right. New podcast Asked and answered. But I, I, like, I love it. I love that he just went back to his boxing roots and was like, I'll beat the shit out of you. I guess so. Violence is the answer. I've never put together the boxing part. <laughs> I thought they were leading up to it. They mentioned it so many times. Well, they clearly were. I'm where, just an idiot. Where is the best boy? I assume there is one. I wasn't looking. I have been. We're not there yet. George Crumb. Ooh. Two other bells. Mike Oldfield. Courtesy of Virgin Records. Because it wasn't their song. That's what I always found so fascinating about it. It wasn't their song. They didn't, it wasn't written for this. It was yeah. just the thing they found. It was like, what a perfect fit. Who does it for all the Star Wars and Jaws? The John Williams. John Williams. It's not a Williams. No. It was just a perfectly crafted theme for a horror movie that wasn't intended to be so. Uh-oh. Yep, we're not getting it. There's no best boy in 1973. There's always a best boy. 
Oh, here still we go. going. Still going. That was a little swerve they gave us. Because it has, yeah, it had the, uh, what's the it right, called? The copyright yeah. and the year in Roman or Latin. Perhaps a Roman. Here we go. Gaffer. Key grip. Eddie Quinn. My guy. Where's my best boy? That's about That would have been right there. Getting, I guess, yeah. I think so. Yeah. The ladies' wardrobe, Florence Foy. I want that dress or that pantsuit that assistant had on at the party. That's for cool. yourself? For myself. I look, oh, I guess I could. And Kitty gets the wedding dress from the end of Gremlins, too. <laughs> We're going to have a night out. You going to watch our kids for us? Furs. What's fur? Oh, <laughs> Revlon. That was a name from back then. It's still going. So that must be a new credit. Because I don't think it was 4K remastered in 1973, so they just slipped in a new credit into the uh, the original credits. Okay. It's kind of, kind of bullshit, to be honest with you. It is. They're going to put a Taco Bell commercial in next. Ooh. Warner Brothers, same company that gave us Gremlins 2. <laughs> the Gremlins should burst out right now. And that's the end of The Exorcist. Pete, it turned 50, and I think it holds up perfectly. I think it's even better today than it was it then, is, to be honest with you. It's slow. Because of the not, technology. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a great, what, just final third of that movie is... Seems to say it's only a 78% on Rotten Tomatoes. That is incredibly low for what I think it is. You got a lot of younger people viewing it, right? Yeah, they seem to like it, though. I don't, okay, I just didn't know. Because, again, a lot of the shock well, no. from the Catholic Church stuff, just how... Rotten Tomatoes is, is reviewers, not people. The not, people oh, there says 87%. I, well, who the fuck are these reviewers, then? Well, oh. What kind of idiot reviews movies for a living? I don't know. Yeah, right? This is our longest episode. Is it? Because we recorded a two-hour movie. We it never hit two hours before. It felt like Oh, wait, like no, it. Scream. Scream. Is- we haven't come out yet. So there's, <laughs> there's one that's probably just as long. And when I have to put that extra addition onto the front of it, because things change since we recorded it. Man, do they ever. So this may be the longest one. It might not be. That's what she said. 